good evening, everybody. I'm Tommy Tormey. I've been asked to give this presentation today on a on the proposed All Ireland League. I'll talk about what we can learn from history and what impact it will potentially have on football clubs and its supporters either side of the border. Small pubs in Cromlin are not the usual sort of venues I'm used to speaking at, but I do recognise one or two faces in the audience. Peter, you're no stranger to this subject. Yeah, I've actually scored a Fashamak was in the European Cup game against Linfield, and I played for Crusaders. Uh, how do you do? I'm Billy McCluggage. I've uh, been reporting on soccer in Ulster since 1982. Uh, I can just say what an honour and a privilege it is to be here for this lecture and what is an extremely important issue for the people of Northern Ireland. Sorry, I think I might actually be in the wrong place. Uh, I want to take the orange eating class. Okay, right. I'm going to start with a slideshow from the Ireland cross-border competitions that were held in the 1970s. Here you can see photos from the Blanksnet Cup the Texaco Cup and the Tyler Cup. Oh. oh my God. Oh man. Oh. And I haven't even shown you anything from the actual games yet. Needless to say, nobody wants a repeat of this. Absolutely not. So, uh, Mr. Tormey, uh, let's cut to that chase. In your scenario of a unified league championship for this beautiful island, Mr. Tormey, how many European places will be allocated to the winners of the CDP-sponsored North Belfast Derby and the Tolls Bookmakers Intermediate County Antrim Shield? Just eat the damn oranges! Uh, please don't interrupt. Now, the League of Ireland, as we know, began in 1921 after partition. It was actually called the Irish Free State League back then. I'm the professor, not you. Now, what else? Uh, look at this. I'm holding up to the class some rare League of Ireland winners medals. You can see each of the four provinces on there. This is very, very old memorabilia, which historians are still unable to date with any accuracy. What decade would you guess these are from? Well, the first four out of four in a row ones, for sure. The fifth one looks like maybe mid-90s. In fact... Hold on, lads. Give me the back. Give me those back. Jesus, Tommy. I can honestly say this is the worst presentation I have ever attended. I don't want to be in this situation. You obviously never had to sit through one of Trevor Crowley's poxy spreadsheets. episode 95 and it's monthly madness and we're being joined by some special guests today we have hoops hero peter eccles will be here in a while and we force we have tommy tommy with his uh 
extensive notes. He's back in Johnny Blue's bar. <laughs> Tommy, uh, you're very welcome back. Cheers, Gary. Um, Will we describe these notes, actually? Because remember James Nolan, for the for the Tata Stadium Saga special, arrived with practically a folder. Pretty extensive, notes. yeah. So Tommy has Tommy come. has arrived with... A pull-out from a Matt's copy and the three lines written on it. It's ripped to bits. It's got beer stains on it. It's Homer Simpson-esque. Sorry to shame you, but it's, it's something. Uh, so we are currently working on a deal for an official beer of the podcast and is the Four Provinces Brewery. And it's literally beside your house, prof. Just down the road from Johnny Blues. You Bills. could spit at it. You could throw rocks at it from Carl's house. Literally down the road from Johnny Blues. And a great little spot. Four Provinces Bar. They do a... Puddle beer that the prof is quite fond of, and they have a lovely cappuccino stout as well. They're really, really good. They have trad sessions on every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, ah, they play great tunes. They were playing most deaf when I went in, black on both sides. I said, I'm sitting here for the day. Um, so yeah, check them out. They're really, really cool guys. Until some fella piped up and says, Have you any tin, Lizzie? <laughs> yeah, he was giving out to us for playing tunes. <laughs> So definitely check them out with more to come on them. So that's the Four Provinces Brewery and the Four Provinces Pub in Ravensdale, just at the end of Captain's Road, the dirty end, as they say. So, uh, yeah, we're going to review yet another derby defeat. Look ahead to a massive Dundalk game on Friday and talk about how Peter Captain Rovers the 1994 League title in RDS as it was the 25th anniversary uh, recently. So Peter was one of your favourite players, Tommy. Um... What did you love about him? What I was told about him was he was a cultured centre-half who did like an old dribble and a shot. Yeah, well, I'd say at League of Ireland level, he was probably the complete centre-half. So he was a great leader, um, a bit of dirt when you needed it, and a bit oh. of culture when you needed it. So he had <laughs> kind of everything going. He also had... And he sounds, also, like, sounds like our potential trip to Norway. <laughs> bit of culture <laughs> and a bit of dirt. Yeah, he even scored the odd goal, you know, the odd... Uh, the odd pl- so, so the odd one, so that, that they could be cherished memories, you yeah. know. Are you going to be a bit of a fanboy today, like Dunster with Reiser? Or Dunster with um, any of the under-19s. But yeah, he, um, yeah, I probably will. I'll hopefully try and keep calm, you know. People would know you as uh, TTSRFC, very outspoken hoop on Twitter, and uh, Mel Torme on Facebook. How do we know he's not Mel Torme? You, we went interviewed you before for a members' corner. You were at the foreign club from the very start. You actually got a mention two weeks ago from uh, James Nolan. I don't know if you heard that. No, I've actually that's I've saved the two document or the two Tala Tala um, podcasts because I wanted to listen to them when I'm not doing anything else. So usually I just have. You're a student. You're doing fuck all. I know, but I usually have them on the background when I'm typing up notes and messing and whatever. So <laughs> these you, notes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they take time. So I just want to uh, I want to sit down and be doing nothing else but listen to the two of them. So uh, I have enough. the two of them one after the other to listen to. Ah, uh, well, it's, you've, uh, you're in for an old treat. Six-hour journey there. Yeah. So on that note, uh, your opinion on a possible investment by Dermot Desmond that has resurfaced in the newspapers again this week. So um, it's, it's something that we don't really know much about. There's been nothing released about it. There's no press release. There's nothing. It's just all rumour talk and paper talk. So... For instance, let's say he does come in with a, with a seven-figure sum or whatever it is. How would you feel? Well, I would feel that we should take it because we've nothing to lose. I mean, there's there's ups and downs to the current club structure. But it depends on the deal itself, doesn't yeah. it? As regards to what way they, they trash it out. Yeah. But club structure and, I mean, per- personally, like I said, I don't know anything about it. It's all just paper talk. If it comes through the pipeline and we are offered a few quid... Mm. 
and there's no repercussions. I think I think there's a there's a wider scandal at play here as regards to a scandal might be not the right word, but there's there's something else bubbling under the surface. There's yeah. a play bubbling underneath the surface here, and as regards to the league and moving forward with it, and I think we might have been targeted by the likes of this venture capitalists as they call them yeah. for investment and wants to be. I want to go forward with it. So, if if you you feel like it will be the the right step forward, yeah, I, I don't see I don't see what the downside is. I mean, if if we own like there's downsides to not owning Tala. The upside is that you know do what you like because you can't lose can't, it. You can't lose it. You know, so that's the and that's that's what it comes back Unless to. Unless so, there's a Richmond Park esque incident. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I just can't see how even in Ireland the, a, a local council can get involved in property scam. You know, even even in in. So if it came through the pipeline, you'd be you'd be happy enough to. I'd be happy enough to vote for it. Yeah, in in this case, I mean, it's the only thing is I heard some suggestions it might be a loan. Um, so you'd have to see the terms of the loan yeah. and everything. But I mean, realistically, I think if it's good enough, you know, it's it's are the likes of James Nolan, who you mentioned, and and even Rochi gonna sign up to something that's gonna injure the club? No, so not it, a chance. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, as 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 regards to taking a chance on something that could bring us to another level, I could see why they'd be sceptical. But I think sometimes you just kind of, you might have to say, have a look at it. Obviously, we, we don't know anything about the, the deal, but mm. on the surface, it seems like there's not much to lose. But I'd love, I'd love to know a bit more about it and, and just, just trash out a deal. And hopefully, I mean, look at Dundalk. Dundalk are kind of knocking the bollocks out of us when it comes to wages. And I think Boyle is pretty much a done deal who we could have done with. Yeah. So... No sign of the annual Celtic friendly. No, no sign of it. Yeah, that's probably Derek Desmond kind of happy. Yeah, I'm kind of happy we're not getting trashed nine nil again. But uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. We could nearly do a whole show on on, on that topic. But uh, we're recording this on Sunday, so possible news of some signings will be out during the week. By the time you hear this, Dan McDonald's report that we've signed both Farouja and O'Neill from from UCD, and rumours that we're getting struggle grain Cummins from Cork. So, uh, where do we need to strengthen, in your opinion, and would you be happy with those signings that we just mentioned? I would be happy, yeah. Um, I think, even though I was a kind of a fan of the narrow style of play, I think we actually needed a winger to mix it up. Because I think we've been trying to mix it up recently with guys who aren't able to do it. I'd love Farouj. I really would. I think he's so direct and he just runs straight at players. I mean, he he gave Boyle an awful time in that 2-1 win. Like, yo, yo, Maddie got the goal, win one all. And it was the... Um, who got the winner? I think it was Jack. Jack Bourne got two, didn't he? Mm-hmm. To to win. And, and he Fruit was brilliant. smart, girl. 600 points. I cannot wait start. to get him on the quiz if he signs. You give Joey a game. He's, <laughs> yeah, Joey. Joey will see him coming. Hop off out him. <laughs> But um, do we want Cummins though? Because I heard he once had a drink on his holidays. I don't know about that. I mean, Prof, we're having a drink now. We didn't have a podcast yeah. this week. Is it allowed? No, I can piss off. I don't see how I don't see how you can have professionalism in Irish podcasts if you lads are drinking. Yeah. <laughs> we had a week off. We're having a drink. Listen, well, it's it's, I, not, it's not right. Should you not? Should you? Should we not be banned from drinking because we because the team lost the balls? Yeah, we should. Well, they're not fucking banned from drinking. That's for sure. Um... Yeah, so the what do you think about Cummins coming in? It's it's I don't know. Is he one of those players that would thrive off chances being created from? Because we do create a lot of chances. We cough up quite a lot. He's getting little or no service. I think I read a stat prof that the Cork defenders have more goals combined than the strikers and midfielders combined at Cork. Yeah, he got fourteen last year. He was third highest scorer in the league this year. He's only four, but obviously a struggling Cork team. But yeah. it's an option, isn't it? I mean, if you look at 
our 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 decisions tactically against Bowes. Mm. What was there to bring on? Our bench seems quite scant at, at times. So I think an addition like that could be welcome because he you could say he's a proven goal scorer. And teams that win leagues often have a striker like that. Look at so the a big dog. But a big lad, a someone who you can finish, but a big lad who can stretch the play. So if you, assuming you don't do a Dundalk and get a free goal in injury time, if you <laughs> score, if, if it's a one nil tough away game and you score with fifteen minutes to go, or twenty minutes to go, and you have to defend it, he's exactly what you need because when yeah. you're back to the wall, you just look up and bang, boom, pump it up, hold it up into yeah. the corner, yeah. old school, yeah. And also the teams, if the te- the other team can't take the piss either because they know that. He will if he gets a chance in the box. He will finish it. Yeah. Whereas other exactly, you know, yeah. other, so there's, there's that other, element as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How yeah. important were Mike O'Neill's subs? He, like just, he always season. said that football. I think it was a fourteen-man game, wasn't it? Where bait and flies here. Flies are trying to get into prof. Hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, fourteen-man game. He always said that, and he was right. And he played it to a tee. I think one of my favourite subs of his was in Bray. When we drew a t- possible two-all draw, I think he put Kieran Kilduff out on the wing, out in Bray. Or I think it was a two-one win, leading up to the title charge, 2010-2011. And he brought Kil- and Kilduff swung one in. And I was thinking Kilduff out on the wing, he's a fucking madman. I think Shepard scored with his head, and I think that 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 a couple of months beforehand he had accosted Shepard and he told him you need to score more in the air. And he had a great season. That's it. He scored double figures with headers. And he got the back header against Bowles as well, if you remember that one. The two goal scorers in UCD, 2011, both subs. Mm, there you go. So, uh, definitely a 14-man game and our potential signings. But, uh, uh, there's not much we know about O'Neill. I, I haven't seen much of him, to be honest. And he didn't do much in that game most recently. No. So, um, and two midfielders, it looks like. But Faruja is, this, is the one for me. I think it's, it's a really, really exciting sign if it comes true. Because the guy is just so... It's one of those players that you look at and you just notice straight away. I mean, he roasted Eaton Boy a couple of times, and we were thinking this guy is just taking off here. So he's also a bit scrawny, so maybe with more full time training, he Darren Dillon will look after that. Yeah, be looking, be beating up bouncers and all sorts. <laughs> yeah, so we lost two on the way to balls. <sighs> Dylan Watson, Eaton Boy came into the, to the throw. Uh, Brandon and injured Joey O'Brien. Uh, couldn't even get into the whole prop. First time in a while, it was jammers. No, beating jammers it was. And apparently someone took a shit in the floor. Connor Foley informed <laughs> us of it, and then he proceeded to vomit all over said shit. Didn't so think we were going to cover this. It, but okay. it was a bit of a shit show in the in the hut. I don't think I wanted to. I think I was glad I wasn't let in. I miss all the big nights. <laughs> but you know what? I was happy with because uh, Prof went in, and me and the brother Tamo, we had a couple of cans on us, and we were thinking, what the fuck are we gonna do? Because we we're not gonna go in loaded with cans. Yeah. And we just opened them up and, and had an L sip outside Eddie Rockets and it was fine. We weren't bothering anybody, no one was bothering us. Yeah. We were just having a can outside Eddie Rockets, chilling, talking to whoever turned up and it was just a nice, relaxed atmosphere where no one was causing any trouble. But obviously not everybody's going to be like that. But it's like that if you go to games in Germany and stuff like that and all over the continent that you can go and you can have a drink you buy an off license and just relax. Like even in Germany, I was in the, I was in the Reaper band recently, not, not for the reason you're thinking of. <laughs> But they, if you don't want to go into the club, they have benches outside, right? And they have an off-license window type thing. So you can go up to the window in the hatch in the Reaper Ban of, let's say, I don't know, Das Reaper Ban. You go in and you say, how hey, he gives a point, hand it out the window, you sit down on the bench outside and you can just take on the atmosphere. Whereas 
they just kind of look down upon drinking on the streets around in Ireland. I think as well, though, in fairness, it's a, that's a game where the cops are kind of busy. Mm. So they, they look at you. So it's it, it tally, in the Tallaght cops, if there's, you know, we're playing UCD at home and you crack open a can, they probably call the squad card down. <laughs> yeah, the robo cops will come in. There's a Camille Toy in Pillsbury It's probably the only one I won't go to. Yeah. Out of the whole chain. Yeah, we won't give them the business. But uh, uh, of course, we will give business to our Tallaght Toy takeaway <laughs> and their fantastic crispy chili chicken. It is delicious, Pop. <laughs> It actually is unreal. I'm actually, it really is good. And they're still our wonderful sponsors, by the way. Don't forget. And they have a takeaway menu. That's what we're going to push this time. We've loads of people getting through the door, but they need to start getting people in the takeaway. So don't forget, they do uh, have a takeaway menu and uh, they deliver to all the wider Tala area. Tommy Cannon, who uh, we did a wonderful interview with uh, a few weeks ago, he was giving us the abuse, apparently, this entire game. I watched this. It was brilliant. <laughs> I was walking in and Tommy Cannon is marching towards Nutsy going, Oh, you! I didn't hear what he was saying, but he wanted to, it's okay, he wanted to give him a go. And Nutsy's there going, Yeah, let, let, him, let him come over. Yeah, let him come over. So I don't know, Nutsy v uh, Celebrity Deathmatch, Nutsy v Tommy Cannon. Clash of the Midgets. <laughs> yeah. But it was uh, it was quite interesting. And Nutsy's saying, Let him come, let him come. But not, nothing developed anyway. The, the cops were straight in there. I was next to uh, Rob Lavelle for the second week in a row. The lads were laughing at me because the previous week the sun was shining so brightly in Tala. I had to use a Rob Lavelle for shade. He's good for that, yeah? Yeah. And then the following week, balls, no issue across because it's raining the entire game. But uh, yeah, 40 minutes in and we'll, we'll get to the game. Jack Bourne gave away a penalty and was saved by Alan Manis. Stonewaller. Yeah, I think I was. I had a bit of a row with Dunster on, on, about this on the terrace, but... I, I see I watch both of them back they're both penals both yeah, penals all day the way Jack stuck his leg out there was criminal it was actually very very careless mm. I don't know I think I don't even think it was careless I thought he I think he thought he'd get away with it silly to think yeah, that in yeah. a derby in a, in the box as well no crazy crazy the decision Burman, but the Burman's reckless and then the Bulger one is like Swan has his back to goal on the edge of the box. Like, can what, I rant about this? What danger is he posing there? Can I rant about this second penalty now or will I wait? Well, let's wait till. We'll wait. Maybe we do all penalties in a row. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the non-penalties. What does it say in your maths page there? But <laughs> that's, what, that's what was there. Well, it's starting now. We, we'll deal with penalties. It's and written refereeing. in crayon as well. So. <laughs> you want to deal with penalties and refereeing bias later. Um, yeah, so that was the, temp- the first panel. Good save by Al. Great save. It was a nice high for him, but it was it was well struck. Yeah, you had to get across, so, yeah, you had to shuffle the LFE. Good save. Got across well, super save. Immediately afterwards, Cara had a header cleared off the line. <sighs> Jaden was saying this to me this morning, he's constantly watching Soccer Republic and giving me his analysis, and he said, uh, he was like, that goal should have went in. He said, that he was giving out about men being on the line. I was like, well, it's not it's not legal. He goes, well, they shouldn't be there. It's <laughs> like they should be letting over score. So, definitely super header, going bottom corner. Yeah. Um, yeah so 10 minutes later the second panel and it comes from us trying to play it out from the back and results in great bulger committed a foul and this time Mandrew made no mistake I'm going to rant now if you look at the goal kick right you have Pico and you have Grace on either side as possible fullbacks it looks like right the ball we are being pressed to death by these guys and they have at least three players pressing us right there and they still pass the ball they still tried to pass it out it was naive and stupid for them to try that Ethan Boyle had the ball at his feet and he tried to pass into a crowd of at least three balls players that were in the vicinity 
and it failed miserably. Why did he try and do that? That was a suicide pass. Crazy. Suicide pass. Absolutely crazy to even attempt it. It was a crazy suicide pass. And for somebody who wouldn't be regarded as a total footballer, as in the sense that Jack Bourne would be, how, how could he do that? It was insane. And I don't even blame Greg, because Greg was doing what he could. He was trying to make the best of a bad situation. Yeah. It was a fucking stupid decision. And at least Greg, Greg was there. Though. At least Greg was there. So at least when we were trying to play it out, Greg was there to take a pass into midfield because in the second half they were playing it out and the, the midfield were needing back to take a pass. But even saying that, Roy, when Alan Manis saw that Pico and Grace were there to, ready to take in the pass and there was we were being pressed before the goal kick was even taken. We are marked. We are man-marked. The ball was still played. It's like... It's like, oh, we don't want to variate, we want to deviate from, from, from the style of play. Sometimes you just need to do what's right and get rid of the ball because you are marked in your own half. It just made no sense. I think Joey would have built that. Joey would have gave it a boo. But, um, is this, yeah. a, is this a, bit, a bit of a problem bubbling all season that we play ourselves into trouble? And is it just exaggerated in the balls games because they know exactly how they, to press they, us? They, here, did you see how smug Long looked when we conceded that second penalty? He was just so smug on the sideline, just like I, I've just they played right into my hands. He knew we were sussed. But um, I mean, the obvious point though is, there's, if Al, if Al went long there, when he like if Al looks up and sees four lads pressed up, there must be loads of space, loads in, of space in, in the middle the, of the park because yeah. Buckley was pressed on as well. Their, yeah. their midfield was pressed on. But then we will move on to the saves by Talbot. We Greener, uh, he cut in well, and it was a super save. And Watts as well. Watts cut in as well. So Greener cut in from the right on his left. And Wattsy cut in from the left on his right. Wattsy was going, I think, might have been clipping the bar and going wide. But it was a super, super attempt. Two great saves by, by Talbot. Who I think we should put on the list of hatred right now. Oh, because of his quote? Yeah. We looked down I wasn't on even going to read it out because... I just think it's nonsense. No, I is. think the opposite is the truth. I think we give them too much respect. Yeah, I would say that what I said before online is is if if Rovers wouldn't be getting drawing in ninety minutes against AIK, which was AIK's worst home result of the season up to that point, wouldn't be going to Oriel and win, which is something him and his compadres can't manage. Without if they didn't have a lot of heart, it's just it's easy to get a load of heart on it when you've the like. The refereeing decisions is one thing we probably come back to, but the refereeing decisions in the previous two games, it's easy to get a run when you get when you get that much going and wind behind your sails. You know? Exactly, yeah. He can go and. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy's Adams and this the hatred. He is, he is though. Yeah, James Talbot is the top of the list. One thing, Lance, was that was that the rebirth of Watts in the last few weeks? It was like Watts back back mm, to being no. the player we signed. Don't think so. I don't think he's been. That, he's not been. He hasn't been running the show. If that's what you're trying to say. But I thought I thought he was good. He's been revitalised, but he he definitely always needs to step his game up again. It's a bit of a crazy start. We've only had three red cars this season and four penalties given against us, and all of them against balls. in balls game. <laughs> that is that's insane. It's but uh, we'll move on to the equaliser, and I have to say this: poor old Danny Carr can never score in a, in a balls game and, and win. But this was a cracker because super. Overheaded pass from Finn, looped over, and a deft little finish with the top of the toe into the bottom corner. Yeah. Great finish, great goal. At the time was no one else would have scored that goal on, yeah. the, on the pitch. Definitely, no, nobody. Yeah, else. It was quite deft, and he no scored a, quite a that. deft flying volley in Tallis Stadium as well, which was a lot harder to do. But he's must, got it in him. Must be heartbreaking because I think Danny has scored two coolest goals. 
I have seen in my time following Cool Bowers. is the best way to describe it, isn't They're it? They've both been against Bowers, and nobody will ever talk about them again. Because we lost both of them. Yeah, very true. Very true. And um, uh, I, I, felt, I felt the game kind of was lost on us after that. They, they put a bit of pressure on, and I don't think we created much until Mandrew stepped up and just... I mean, Trev, Trev received the ball in his own half and just lumped the forward. Well, I think that was Trevor was kind of learning. We'd already played ourselves into, into trouble because Trevor received a short one where we yeah. decided not to go long. So he just it. lumped it. And, yeah, he, and also he lumped it in, in kind of inwards instead into of down the, the line. Of the park, yeah. That's the then they, they, they swept it up and then I think it was Allardyce nodded it down. To we Mandrew. weren't exactly quick to close him down. But having said that, it was a rocket. There's no saving that. No, no saving that. You no watch the ball going to the top of the net. Like it still rolls still down. Still moving and just, yeah. just rolls Shoot. up the top and all the yeah. way down. There was no saving that no matter what. Almanis could have been standing on the post. And I don't think he's going to get that. So listen, it was a cracker. And um, that was it. And, and do, do you know what? I don't think... even, even We had Carr pulling back for Boyle and he should have hit the target. Was this the time around that the, the green non penalty? Possibly. No, just go ahead anyway. Can we can we go on? Can we talk about the penalty? I actually hadn't seen it until Tommy showed me on his phone. This is disgrace. Uh, a minute ago, I was flabbergasted. It is a stonewaller if there ever was one. He is clean. His clock is clean. Can you think yeah. of anything else? Clock, just to clean, say, clock was clean. What clean, else? Was cleaned out. He was, it was about three fouls. It was one he could be tackled behind. <laughs> Two, he seems to push him to make make him go. Three, he's nowhere near the ball. And I had a mis- misfortune, or just maybe just a bit of masochism, to engage with the air coverage in my way I back to the car. And uh, I had, I think, I'm pretty sure Shane Supple said something along the lines of, not for me, as in there's not enough of a foul there for it. I mean, it's like... It's like this, a power bomb. It's like yeah. WWE stuff. And the yeah. same lads were at half time saying, Rovers architects their own misfortune again as is as if these penalties had all been le- and all the refereeing decisions had been legitimate here before now we think the two in the first half of the, the last derby were legitimate but part of saying that refereeing decisions will even themselves out over a season comes back to what you said Carl is that if you get two dodgy penalties in two derbies then chances are you might get denied a legitimate one and that's a way it eats up that has been the case yeah. but if you think about the last three games right first one red card Terrible red card for not even a fell. Yeah. Not even a fell. Um, the second one, two red cards in first half, yeah. and they were two penalties in the first half. Fair enough, they were penalties, but we just we're not yeah. we're not savvy enough. If you to go be- back even further, last year, Ball should have had the player sent off. Remember the one all draw, Danny Mount. Who got it? Camera. I think it was the Grant or someone. Also, right. yeah. should have been a straight red. Something that really. Oh annoyed. no! It wasn't. It was. Uh, it was in the middle of the park. Hmm. It was Dan Bourne. Dan Bourne yeah. was on a yellow and he hockeyed Pico Elva, I think it was. But either way, whoever he tackled, it was a red on the spot. It was horrendous. Didn't even yeah. get booked a second yellow for it and then long hauled him off. Yep. Unbelievable. The other thing at last season. You had a watch, didn't you? You had a. Uh, you were going to take down incidents I, of all the refereeing incidents. I know, and then I stopped. You really should have kept going. It's, but what also annoyed me last year was Pico in the last game last season. is uh, Pico gets in, gets in a tangle. And then, uh, if you look at it, Ward actually took him out as he went, got up to try and make a saving tackle on the for the other guy who yeah. took the, the shot. Ward actually took him out, and if that had been done, Doc, the ref would have been surrounded, 
And I'm glad the Rogers players, in fairness, after the green incident, surrounded the ref. And the green incident, if anyone wants to check it, is three minutes forty-five into the highlights. How many points? Notes. Crayon notes here. Yeah. So <laughs> three minutes forty-five. I, I wouldn't ask you to sit through the whole lot, but just check out this bullshit. <laughs> it's a, it's nuts. It's madness. But uh, the decision to make only one sub, Sean Cavanaugh for Trev, sixty-one minutes. This irked me. You could say slightly because. I know we play a certain way and I know we have to stick to the mantra but I would have liked to seen a second striker come on and give it a go. Is is that tactical? Am I a tactical dinosaur? I don't know. You could say that but I would have liked it. Oh, he came on and scored against Dundalk and Oriel. Surely, I don't know what the play, what the fans or what the players think of, of uh, We've seen the last of Bogey. To not actually I don't think we'll ever see him play again. To not turn to him in that game. Yeah, at least for 10 minutes 10 minutes throw him on he it could go in it could go in off his mickey you never know just stick him up there and we didn't do that and we, do you know what annoyed me most even in stoppage time we didn't Not normally you always yeah. say there's one chance in stoppage time we didn't even create one we so. had a couple of chances like Jack Byrne a couple of chances fell to him and I'm surprised he blazed both of them over Jack because had a goal. He was, he, Jack was very good in fairness he, let's be honest he was good but I'm surprised he plays both of them over. One at the very end failed to Greg Bolger, who also yeah. shot miles over the bar. So I was really frustrated that players that experienced couldn't even keep the ball down. Mm. Very, very frustrating game altogether. We have to beat them eventually, don't we? And when it comes, you'll know. You'll know about yeah. it. One question I have, though, is looking at the, the different coverages, is RT, the, RT, the interviews at the end of the RTE Vet and Soccer Republic and Satanta, is people keep asking Bradzer, oh, the Derby, you've lost the Derby. If, if we were winning that derby, if the derby was having a crazy Rovers run, I doubt the derby would be being talked as the biggest thing ever. It'd be like, oh, you know, Stephen Bradley, shouldn't you have bigger ambitions than to just to beat Bowles because you blew <laughs> a Derry last week? You know, it just I'd love painful. to go back in time and to when we once went on a 23 game unbeaten run against them in all the competitions. This would have been the late 80s, early 90s. Whoa. 23 yeah. and there was another run as well I can't remember the exact figure but the figure got to that run earlier if you counted all games so I think around the t- the start of that run the B team also went on a crazy run as well <laughs> so we so between bring back the B team so between all um, different types of like we they, between the A and the B team they got to about 20 games before that and then the Bowes B team won and that and then but the first team carried on up then to 20 odd uh, first team games it was great. It was great. Uh, eight minutes at a time. I think that was for uh, Talbot play acting, wasn't it? See, usual is the keeper gets one yellow card, and the ref never has the bottle to give out a second yellow card every time waiting. Listen, all I know is that uh, Talbot caused the housing crisis, so that's, that's he's on the list of hatred for me for that. Anyway, him and his being involved, but he's <laughs> he was plenty. At one stage, I turned around. I said, I said to Sean Griffin, I said, "You fuck you, and Leo Fragger," and he turned around. I was like, "Fragger's Finna Gale." <laughs> I was like, "It's all the same. It's all the same." I'm saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, we really put on the pressure in the second half. Like we had so much of the ball. We had thirteen corners in total. But did the interviews really feel like we were going to score? It didn't. It felt like one of those games. Oh, no, the Jackboard, the two chances that fell. Just Burr, after we scored, it I felt we could push on yeah. here. You know, we could do this. We really can. But how surprised we a Jackboard didn't even get those on target. Yeah, when I saw the ball fall fall onto him, I just those two seconds, I, I hoped, but 
Uh, other than that, other than that, we were poor. Other than that, we probably deserved to lose. You know, I mean, I, I come back to the thing about a bit of luck. It, it would have taken a bit of luck to undo the bad luck we've had so, so far this season for us to yeah. nick that game off them, which they probably deserve. At the back, we were missing the composure of Joey, and in the final third, we were missing uh, McAniff. You know, yeah. I would have fancied him. To I thought McAniff. We're missing McAniff's energy lately. Is mm. he just bounds around? You know, I think we've been missing that. It was a um, mad moment in the last few minutes where Ball was nearly scored again. Oh, how good was Pico? Let's and be honest. Let's ball, give us props. The ball was cleared off the line about three times. Pico had a double tackle, right? <laughs> the first one was brilliant. second one was brilliant. Amazing. It really was. I was, just, ball, I was just looking around and I was like, how's, how's that not go in? Like, what is happening here? Yeah, <laughs> just seemed to go on forever. Uh, eight minutes at a time we spoke on that Shane Supple and Air, on Air Sports says Keith Long sets traps for Rovers you kind of alluded to that didn't you uh, he he did really like the pressing us when we trying to play a short and us falling into that trap of playing it short and then giving away penalties but um, what I want to know is it, not just the team but why can't Keith Long set traps for other teams because he he plays on this this Does is his bread his... and butter this is he knows that he is a mid-table team with a a limited budget, as they say, which is mm. bollocks, because they they're, they're not part time. They they play, they pay wages. You know what I mean. So these guys are training four to five nights a week, and he has uh, he he speaks on this because he knows that that will get him kudos, and he knows that it will endear him to the fans, which is the right thing to do as a manager. Let's be honest. They're not mid table anymore. Like they're third. I mean, oh, but they'll they'll still maintain that, you know. And they've said that before on podcasts yeah. before that they'll happily. Sacrifice titles and and success so that they can exist. So they were they are happy with mediocrity, pretty much. Is what they, they've no other challenges for European spots this year. I mean, Derry are yeah. kind of there thereabouts. Who yeah. else is actually going to push them for third? It's if Derry, it's if Harry gets pots in a in a yeah. good run, maybe they'll and they'll pull them up. That's that's if you're balls, that's your worry. If Pats and Derry both go on a good run, uh, and you're you're could be knocked out of it. And somebody else wins the cup, so it's all a bit unlikely, you know. Mm. And uh, we someone sat in the Twitter account, count the days since Rovers last beat balls. Or, or an alternative one, it's been 3,517 days since they finished ahead of us in the league. <laughs> oh, you want to go down that road? Prof has the stats for you. But the one thing is, balls always loved jumping on these kind of run stats for no reason. Like, I remember. When we won the league in '94, they had they had started singing seven long years and you won fuck all. Rovers is your name, and then we won the league, and then we won the league before they did because they had the famous last day of the season incident, which we might but, get back to. But how <laughs> how frustrating is, is it? I mean, yeah. it's like Groundhog Day, Shamrock Rovers. It's happening again. Like, oh man, I can't stand that. Yeah, it is. It's also starting to like last last year. It was. Uh, kind of annoying but you know you get over it this year it's affected us at the top of the table so it's kind of very yeah. annoying now, now it's it's now an issue because we've got no points out of nine against Bowles you know I mean if if, if it happens again was a late equaliser and we'd had we've had two points out of nine against Bowles it'd actually be a different kettle of fish mm. it's even worse than that because it's nine points against Bowles and Dundalk have beaten Bowles three times so that's 18 points think of the swing that's there. a title winning that's swing the, it is title winning swing yeah, yeah. And uh, Tommy, we're gonna get you. I'm, I'm gonna go out and say this. This is the most important game in years. 
You name a more important game. No, uh, this is the, well. This is the chance. Dundalk. Yeah, this is the name. chance because we're. This is of the two games left against them. This is our home game. I mean, that's one of the reasons we were disappointed with the Bulls Dundalk games because if you look over the course of a season, the team, the times you might drop points at home are when the top teams come to you and have a you know a good yeah. day. And so, like Derry went to Dundalk and got a result. Derry came to us and got a result. Bowls have got a result in Tala. And yeah. so that's why it was so disappointing, the two late winners for, for Dundalk against Bowles, was because so that was a chance to even 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 things up, you know. And they we downed. need to take points off, don't we? We need to win, let's be honest. And I spoke about this beforehand. I said we need four, at least four points out of these two games. It's not possible now. Yeah. But this is a must win game. Yeah, I think if we don't, if it's either a must win or as you said, I think the four points is probably a better way of looking at it. If we, if we don't get a win here, it's very hard to win the league unless we go to Oriel and win, I think. Unless, the only slight thing I'd say is, unless they have a crazy European run, yeah. which which gives a fixture pile-up and a load of teams kind of mug them for points in which the September. Which is possible, they got a very favourable two draws there. So. Yeah, very much so. But even that, it could, a couple of teams could mug them. I like that, I like that terminology, mug them for points. But so we, uh, we tried to provide a bit of perspective on Facebook. This was credit the assist to Jason Maloney here, who asked me to look up the league table going into last year's mid-season break. And the difference is, instead of uh, being 23 points behind them, Doc, we're now five behind behind them, and we're home to them next week. Do we know how many points the team had in the mid-season break last year? It's it's on the page. We do, yeah. Oh, no points yeah. during the break. Oh, po- oh yeah, those those points. Oh god, yeah. that's been documented. I'd say. Um, I mean, we've undoubtedly progressed a lot from a year ago. The Bowes defeats won't define our season. It's only in com- combination with the Dundalk games as our top two challenges. That could totally derail our season. Yeah, I, what I think is. It's the, the one slightly frustrating thing, though, if you're just talking in the terms that a lot of fans do, is it's about the manager. So the one frustrating thing is the two problems you would have liked to see the manager sort out during the winter were sign a striker. And drink and, 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 off. and beat balls. And drink the points while you're off. And, yeah. and don't drink points. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, if, if, so, so a lot of fans are kind of frustrated with Brodzer because he didn't sign a proper striker and he hasn't sorted out the balls problem. And let's be honest, right? Let's say and it's now. got worse of anything. If Bobby just happens to leave, right? Possibly up there with one of our worst signings of all time. Can you think of something better? You'd be more versed than this now. Who, Oki? Oki could possibly be one of our worst signings of all time. I think it's hard to. It's hard to. It's yeah. Because the problem is the problem with coming up with bad signs. They actually they're they're literally forgettable because they don't they don't do. Like anything. I'm talking financially like, and. Mm. Impact on the pitch. It's, oh, it's, it's, how many minutes has he played? Seventeen. It's he's he's worth he's he's definitely like Gary Shaw would be the first to say he had a bad season last year. Right, I'm gonna say this yeah. now, right? He's definitely a disimprovement. He's gonna get fifty goals. Gary Shaw would have done would have worked well as a as an option this season for us. He's probably he's better than no, he's done better than Oki. He would yeah, have, yeah. I think so. And people are gonna slate me for that. Pat Tutty in particular. But he Gary Shaw would have been a good option to have on the bench this season. But it, the problem is he would have just done better than Oki. The, the one problem, and I come back to it because I mentioned the League of Ireland B already, but the the one real problem with the League of Ireland now, and it's a problem, I think, particularly at both ends of the pitch. Right. So it, it came in with our goalkeeping crisis, our situation of two years ago, and it comes in with, I think, our repeated striker problems. And I think it happens with other clubs 
and other strikers is because there's no reserve football of any sort. Yeah, it's really hard for guys to get games. And I was delighted. Totally to, agree with you. I was delighted to hear Ricer saying it about like when's the last time Sam Bowen played a game of football, and how's he supposed to keep himself in nick? When is Leon Poles playing games? Well, here's yeah. the thing. Now, I, I dare I say it that there is a potential goalkeeping crisis. Yeah. Rearing its head again yeah. because Alan Manis is 37. Yeah. Alan Manis has probably one season left in him. I give him two. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go though? We should be looking at this now. I was going to say Talbot, but he's going to go abroad yeah, yeah. and he can fuck right off. But where, that is a real potential problem. As, back to UCD. Back to, yeah, I think so. Mr. Uh, Mr. Cairns, step up to the play. What about that? I'd, I'd argue it's more difficult to find a striker than a goalkeeper. But I think both of the I think that the B thing applies for both of them. I think both of them need. I think it's bring a back midfield, the A championship midfielders because because there's so many midfielders and you can play them anywhere. You, you midfielders they'll get bits of games here and there. You, I know we just right, mentioned Sam Bone, yeah. but you, you, you they'll get bits of games get a match fitness. Both ends of the pitch, it's really tough, and you'll you'll get people saying stuff like cost, but like the under 13s is a cost, and what are you getting that out? Mm. And the the un, and also training is a cost and the I would FBI should say, just take it on the chin yeah. and host a league for reserve players and yeah. get game time yeah. just well, get games is, is that one of the things though I think Long has done very well in that Long has a lot of um, young lads young lads essentially lads who are either just out of the 19s or in the 19s so his reserve team is the 19s mm-hmm. and the players that he swaps into the team like he did against us when they're not playing are either Lads who are right in the fringe of the team are lads who are nineteens who just, who are playing like in an playing in the nineteens league regularly, mm. so they're getting game time. And that benefited Bowen two years ago, but now he's overage. Exactly, yeah. It'll benefit Brando now. Yeah, but and in fairness, Bowes have a history of grooming young players. <laughs> but but that's, but, that's staying in. But, but Bowes Bowes have young lads who, so Bowes young lads are coming in. They're like Bowes played a nine played their nineteens last year. Yeah. Now it's a good 19s team. It was in the final. It got a get, won a game in Europe, but Bowes 19s went to Pats and won. Whereas the problem is, we sometimes seem to see that the 19s is because we're to some degree focused on developing players for an even higher level. We sometimes see the 19s as uh, irrelevant. So we're saying things like the 19s. If you haven't made it by the time you're on the 19s, you're not going to make it. So we don't really care. And there's so much like Royce said there's so much room for late bloomers as well yeah. like that age between 19 and 21 there's so many good players and they're just not playing regular football the graveyard as you, as you call it some of them go to Leicester Senior League they're playing football fair yeah. enough it's a good standard but there should be a league where all these guys can compete against each other and bring back the A Championship yeah. bring back Ross Chisholm with his left foot in the A Championship do you remember that? you wouldn't even need to play many games you could like 10 or 12 would do it play every second week there for you the go tip away yeah. tip away and, yeah. and make sure that those 12 games like what's the 19s the 19s is only 18 games or something yeah, so make sure that as and they go on a massive break as well the 70s yeah. don't they 6 week break next week but yeah. make sure those 12 games don't clash with 19s games yeah. so, so because people often say, oh, it's great to see the young guys getting the run. But realistically, you only need to... If you wanted to have a great club, a great team, you in football, you really only need to produce one player a year. Yeah. But let's say... But realistically as well, let's say there was this uh, Reserve League, a championship, whatever one you call it. Let's say Brando has played 10 games, right? And he has, let's say, eight assists and four goals or something like that. And you have him coming into the team. And you're like, Jesus, Brando was after getting eight goals. He's four assists in that in that reserve league. Oh, he might do a bit. He might do the business. And o- and Oki, oh, he's fit. Yeah. Oki, oh, Oki has seven goals in, in twelve games in the yeah. reserves. Oh yeah, throw him in. 
it makes sense. Yeah. But it's just something that we don't seem to focus on at the yeah. minute. But we're going to get Tommy's starting 11 and predictions for Dundalk because uh, it's something we like to do. Time honored tradition. Yeah. And uh, we want your formation, we want your starting 11, and we want your prediction and goal scorers. So no pressure. Just going uh, to throw something in here. I had a dream oh. that we won 2 0 and Aaron Green scored the second goal. <laughs> no way. Now, really? I mentioned my dreams are not always the most accurate. I want to turn to Sean O'Connor scored a hat trick. So, enough said. Over to you, Tommy. Okay, so, um, Manus. What's your formation? Uh, what we're playing at the moment? Manus, my formation is four. Well, I thought the way we seem to play at the moment is uh, four. four, one, four. one uh, goalkeeper, so four, cloud, one. So, and I think I think I'm more or less. Cloud? <laughs> and so we just have this cloud of midfielders <laughs> run here, there, and everywhere. It's a square. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. A square. Bit of striker behind the four attacking midfielders. Um, so yeah, so I would say I would have the the was it the start with Joey? Is he fit? Joey, well, let's presume so. Who was our, who was our left foot last week? <laughs> uh, well, Prof's preferred left sided combo is what I would prefer as well. I would love a combo of Trev and Cabo. Oh, Cabo sorry, is back. So let's presume Cabo and Trev are both fit. So I would say, well, then you're, we've even got even cloudier now. Right. So I have. Um, I have Manus, Grace, Pico. Uh, right full is Joey if yeah. he's fit or, or Ethan Boyle if not. Then we have a kind of a, a mini cloud <laughs> on the left of um, the two boys, Cavo and Trevor Clark. So that is six players. Give us your midfield now. So up front, I'd have Greener. <laughs> Getting the easy ones out of the way. So then we have the, the kind of the right sided cloud of. Um, the mishmash, yeah, the mishmash of midfielders. The mis- sorry, the, the, well, actually, the, anyway, at the bottom end of the cra- the cloud, the rain, if you want to call it that. <laughs> is, this uh, metaphor as far as you can is um, Greg Bulger, right? And then the anchor, the anchor, and then I would have Jack Byrne. Free roll, free roll, yeah. Jack Byrne. It's hard to say. Then is is McAniff back? You know? No. Um, so then if, well if McInnes not back then Carr and what are we looking for Captain Who, Fantastic yeah we're looking for another are we looking for another one in the cloud I think we are <laughs> we're looking for Finner yeah Finner in the cloud then yeah Finner, Finner in well the actually cloud. I would um, there's, there's a there's a double edged sword this is is I'd be a heavy bias in favour of playing fellas against their old team just because the way it yeah works. I do agree with that I like that yeah, so, I think so it's been a needle to it isn't it so yeah so uh, Finner then as well I've said before every time we've beaten Dundalk Finn's been man the match yeah, not I'd also yeah, I'd also push Finn up because of the height and cars crosses. Yeah, excellent, excellent stuff. So, what's your prediction? My prediction is um, that was me attempting to do a trumpet. My prediction is probably two one to them with a late penalty. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hopefully, I'm wrong and it's one Jeez. one all. Or hopefully, the refs decide to even it up and they go down to nine men. And we, we we'll find that the refs soon enough. Yeah, we this is on Earth uh, again. I'm just taking the other day. Imagine being a neutral, only seeing Shamrock Rovers when we're on air sport. You must think we are the worst team yeah. in football. There's some there's people out there who do think that. They'd be like, Jesus, Rovers, come on, we've got Rovers on air again. I've not, not been keeping the stats, but I feel like we've won maybe once in the last year and a half on air sport. I think as well, it's not just neutrals. It's imagine you're, you're like peripheral Rovers fans. So the, so the type of Rovers fan who 
hasn't been who's been to say one Bowes game in four years yeah. and you and you have an air subscription are they Bowes are they Rovers fans though well that's the question you know, I mean, what do you call a Rovers fan is it the, the 50 in Bally Buffet is it the 15,000 the no final? there's levels but I mean I reckon to call yourself a fan you can be a passive fan or you can be like a fan or you can be a yeah. super fan like, yeah. like I like people. the Justin Mason measurement go on you think about Rovers every day yeah but that's the way it is though we talk yeah. quite a lot about it and you yeah. think about every day what's going on a there. random like, shit reminds you random shit yeah so for instance like I mean a fan is somebody who pretty much gets to every home game I'd say that's allowed yeah. some people can't travel to away games yeah. Some family stuff like that I think if you get to every home game and you do your te- and, you te- and you try your best to get to every home game yeah. and even the other away game you're a fan like, but I think these guys are going to go to one or two games and they're on the they're on the edge I'd like to call them fans, but you want to grab them in and just shake them. But they're your they're Make your probably market to, to boost. That is your market. Pe- people who kind of kind of like Rovers, kind of know the results. But any of them, there must be Rovers. There must be lads who haven't been in a while watching air going. Jesus Christ, Rovers are awful. Call. Thank yeah. God I got yeah. to that shite anymore. Yeah, I know. They're not, not seeing what we're seeing. That Brad's yeah. been building a team now for three years and playing good football. The the sack yeah. Brad's brigade is out again, and I think it's I think it's mad to think that because we're we're doing we're doing well this season. We're building. People will say he has a budget and blah, 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 blah. I, I think there's a lot to be positive about. Not balls, but... If we're absolutely it... rolled over by the dock on Friday, then there is an argument to be made that we don't show up for the big games. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I totally, I think, totally agree. I totally... I would have said that last August and I would have said... The only thing about last August is the, the pitchforks come out after a bad result, but nobody kind of thinks... It's, the time to make that decision is the first week in November. Mm. As in, like you, you look back and you go, okay... He had to. We had to win the cup. Lost to Drogheda. Then the thing was put the balls thing to bed. Lost to balls. But for the rest of that season, it was brilliant. We mm. won in Oriel. So you could say that puts the big games. Does put the big games to bed? Maybe not because it's not a head to head. We're kind of stabbing them in the back while they're looking at something else. <laughs> <laughs> was uh, the pressure a bit off then? then the, yeah, the that's the question. Yeah. I mean, but I, I would argue. I thought we were we were we were that bad in earlier in the season that we were in trouble for Europe. And we managed a hell of a run, which included a win in Oriel, and we just burnt off Waterford. Mm. And uh, so I would say that I think he, he there's it's not as simple as that we don't win the big games. The problem is, I think, and I would say it next week. See, the problem is, is a lot of people were very supportive of Brazzer at the start, and you know, there's no point moaning when he took over. But the reality is, is that in 2016. Bar some entertaining football against some of the weaker teams, which hadn't been there under Nutsy. So, you know, there's like 4-2 against Galway, I think was one, which would have been 1-0 against Galway had Nutsy still been there. Hmm. In terms of the performance of the team, not a huge amount of good came out of sacking Nutsy and bringing Bradzer in. Even if you look at all the young fellas he tried, none of them really came through. Yeah, I think, well, no, did Nutsy uncover Trevor Clark? I think so. Possibly, yeah. but either yeah. way, yeah. nothing was Kenny a failed. Yeah. Like, let's be honest, if we're going to get into this now on top yeah. of managerial appointments, the appointments that were made yeah. were all right at the time. Yeah. Kenny was the right guy at the time. Like, let's be honest, Crowley was the best coach in the... Wrong appointment, wrong time. Wrong appointment, wrong time. Crowley was the, was the best coach in Ireland at the time. If you want to laugh, try And it was a risk, but they saw it as outside the box and they said, right, Crowley's the best coach, let's give him a chance he can step up. It, could it, was not, it wasn't what we needed at the time. That we needed, we needed glamour. We needed laws or ex-players. Right. Then, then after that, we had it was Nutsy, wasn't it? 
the other thing is Nutsy well, was after Crawley and that was the fan favourite the one who's going to bring the Rovers fan you know Nutsy Crawley should have gone the previous winter as well that was another thing that was they, another half season wasted so uh, Tuesday morning we have five potential opponents in the Europa League and the draw was revealed with Vaduz from Liechtenstein with SK Brown from Norway Kilmarnock from Scotland Malmo from Sweden and Vitebsk from Belarus and we got Brand so we're off to Scandinavia again prof and uh, we're going through Ireland actually so we're flying to Ireland then straight on to Bergen on the Wednesday morning so with a couple of hoops on our flight that we know about already and uh, familiar territory considering we are Ireland last year mm-hmm. so um, they play at the Brand Stadion so Brand is actually Norwegian for Fire so the name of their team is Fire Fire FC Whatever way they want to do it, but uh, I've been doing a bit of a recce on them, and it's it's a cool stadium. It's a big city. They've about half a million living in the city. They've they go to twelve to fifteen thousand every week. This is this is a tough team to draw. It's a great little city, right in polar bear region. So we're gonna have to bring the shotguns. Temperature never rises above twenty degrees, even in the summer. Yeah, I was checking the long range weather forecast. If, if it means anything we're looking at maybe 19 degrees with a lot of rain so it's going to be like the wet season in Australia but it's uh, it's it's a really interesting toy we are where we're staying Prof we are in the middle of the city centre there's we're, we have an 8 bedroom apartment so if anybody needs a room let us know with 6 of us in it so far we are in Stolagort and we're near enough to the Brineboro pub Funnily enough, everywhere we go, we always email somebody. I know you had never gotten around to it to email the pubs and let them know what the crack is. So we're coming over, can you give us a deal? Paired points at twelve euro a pop. So uh, I think Noli O'Brien got onto the Brian Baru pub, and your man just happens to be a Rovers fan. Mm. I used to go to Milltown, the bloody bad. So he's looking after us. So big shout out to the Brian Baru pub in Bergen, and they're going to look after us. But I know he'll discount on the points as well. Hopefully, he's still a Rovers fan after the three days. <laughs> I don't know. He might. Be. I don't know about that. Um, so they won the league back in 2007 bit of a yo-yo club I was doing my research on the prop they've been up and mm. down relegation all over the shop so uh, first time since the 60s relegating 2014 straight back up and Bram were beaten by a Slovakian team in last year's Europa League in their first European campaign in nine years yeah we so, played them in a uh, friendly if you remember t- four years ago beat them 3-2 conceded two penalties does that sound familiar Tommy oh. uh, Keith Fahey scored his only ever goal for us that day like really that. there's, a stat, there's a stat and a half Kifa he has never scored a goal only in pre-season yeah. here's a question lads because we played all, don't, the, all I, a few I years I hope you're not going to knock El Kifa because he's our superstar in the five side so. no 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 but League of Ireland clubs have had great record a great record against Swedish clubs since summer football came That's in because yeah. we always go oh no you, you want to draw a winter team because they're out of practice but in actual fact a lot of the best results and that's everybody Pats have two or three good results we've had AIK away we had AIK away which was a good you know we didn't go through but we got a draw over there um, Cork have had a load of good results in, in Sweden and we we seem can't seem to beat Norwegian teams oh, don't yeah. say and, that. and if you look at the if you look at the I actually assumed that the rankings, like that Norway was ranked way above Sweden. But when you actually look at the ranking, Norway and Sweden are pretty much beside each other. Yeah. It's yeah. just. Is that a way to gauge standards, though? No, but, but, but why is it? This, it's not like there's only been a few games against Norwegian teams. There's been loads of games between Irish teams and Norwegian teams. Yeah. And we've lost all of them. 
<laughs> well, listen, anything can happen. We know. Look at yeah. Belgrade. Look at yeah. look at what Dundalk has done. Anything can happen. Rovers have gone above and beyond. Just remember, it's there's practically a win against a Swedish team every second season yeah. since, uh, since none, literally started. none against Norwegians, and literally none against Norwegians. Although Carl could correct me if he knows. Do you remember, Sligo won two on the way to Rosenberg in the first leg, and they still got knocked out. And they still got knocked out. They won away win as well. They lost three at home on the second leg, and they lost to Solskjaer's team in the Champions League the year Mold. before. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so the winner of uh, Keonos Algiris and Apollon Limassol will play the winner of our toy. So Cyprus for the week, Prof. We're going to Oya Napa. I reckon I can take a week off with that if we get through. Uh, Cork have the incentive of Rangers should they go through against either our old friends Progress Niederkorn or Cardiff Metropolitan University. So uh, a lot of students like yourself, Tommy. <laughs> Uh, St. Pat's got North Shopping and uh, Dundalk have a great chance to progress in the Champions League they play Riga where they'll have either Albanian or Azerbaijan opposition in the next round so Tommy can you think back give us your favourite European memories did you get stuck in the chimney? No I didn't get stuck in the <laughs> chimney no, someone else got stuck in the chimney which you read out last year uh, and then someone decided to tear gas the fella up in the chimney and then and uh, tear gas guns, the whole, there was guns pulled and everything yeah. in that pool oh, yeah. it's just unfortunate it's with a Rovers fans most normal people wouldn't actually have tear gas on them in a pub <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but what are you doing I'm going out to the pub wallet keys tear <laughs> gas yeah. uh, favourite European memory for uh, football was Belgrade uh, well. shout out to the brother who shouted don't shoot when the ball fell to Pat Sullivan outside the box. Did not. <laughs> he did. Uh, the favourite for crack was probably that trip in the, the Intertoto Cup in Poland in 2002. Odra? Uh, Odra, yeah. Um, which it was like... Odra was like... It was like somebody... It was like Cove, except it was more of a kip. And, <laughs> and instead of Cove, Cove was kind of near Cork. This was in the middle of nowhere. But they put, the beer was cheap, wasn't it? Yeah. That's all that mattered. So uh, we're moving swiftly on and we have uh, the Rovers under-19s are back in action this Saturday. They played Limerick at 2pm in Tallis Stadium. So uh, a bit of action. And we've congratulations to our under-11 squad and coaches on winning the Condren Cup on Saturday beating Leicester Celtic 4-1 in the final. So more silverware heading to the Roadstone. And our amputee team won their first piece of silverware this season by claiming the McCaffrey Cup in Monaghan while they had a great showing in the tournament in Germany. Uh, they beat Hoffenheim and Newcastle to reach the final only to lose 2-0 to... Uh, the balls, so we can't even beat them in any type of game at all whatsoever. So the course continues. All right, so let's introduce our second guest today. He's the only player in history to win five league medals with Shamrock Rovers. It's Peter Eccles, aka Pedro. Did you bring any of them with you? Have you still Have you got them in the front window? I love it. I love that. I love that. So you told us what you thought of Johnny Blues and you have four consecutive league titles and three FAI Cups under the, the legend that is Jim McLaughlin. What are some of your highlights from the famous team? The four in a row? Yeah. Oh, just plenty of them. But uh, probably you talk about European Cup games, Celtic away. I'm a Celtic man as well, so Celtic away would have been a fantastic... Must have been a dream come true, wasn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, to play in the Hollow Turf over there was fantastic for me, you know. Yeah, lots of... Obviously, winning the league, Cups, and just totally being dominant of all the teams that's around at the time. It was, it was a great time to be a Hoops player. Yeah. Normally, like, a player like, uh, say, a Gary Twig or a Pat Byrne, they'd be associated with only one successful year. But fans of different ages probably come up to you with memories of of two different teams of two different league winning sides and two different home grounds Milltown and the RDS so what do you get asked about more? Oh it's definitely the four in a row 
Yeah. yeah. Obviously, of the, the older lads, but some of the young lads still still remember. Well, they do remember the uh, the '93 season, wasn't it? Yeah, 1994. Yeah, it was, that was a great season too, but I think four in a row was a special team, special memories, and a lot of people still talk about it. I think some of the younger fans are even brought up on it. And do you remember Dermot Keeley tackling a lawnmower? Dermot tackled anything. <laughs> <laughs> Dermot tackled anything. Going. But, uh, yeah, Dermot was good to play with. We had a solid back forward there as well, and Dermot was as uh, tough as he come. Quite fond of an old dribble and a shot and goal yourself. Now, have you any favourite goals? Favourite goals? No, not really. No, I won't have any memory. One or two of, against Bows? Well, always against Bows is a favourite goal, you know. <laughs> like being them. Oh. Uh, no, uh, European Cup maybe, he didn't feel. Yeah. A scrappy affair, but it was a memorable goal for me, you know. Per- um, on a personal level. You yeah. seemed to score two goals a few times, didn't you? Yeah, I scored a couple of goals, yeah. yeah when you, when you score one, you tend to get a second one. Score, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a taste uh, for it. Get a taste for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We enjoyed it anyway, so. It's like, the, it's like a point. You can't just have one. Peter, one thing about the four in a row era is, is what sort of memories you have of the, the friendlies. So in those days, there was kind of less football on TV. The big glamour friendlies. The big glamour friendlies, like the wins against Arsenal and Man United. Like, how seriously did the team take that? Oh, they were very serious. Like, so play against United and Liverpool, you don't, doesn't come around too often. And uh, I think we beat United 1-0, if I remember. And uh, Ron Atkinson had said that uh, he'd come and beat us the next time uh, for the order support, uh, Man United support. So we took it quite serious. They did too. And uh, I remember reading it. I think so it, was it wasn't your run the mill friendly. No, yeah. it, it was a bit of needle. It was yeah. needle there. Full yeah, strength was, teams, yeah. Yeah, the full strength teams. And they brought over the full strength team on the second occasion. Yeah. And we took care of them and we played really well. Yeah. I was actually I missed the second one. I was in hospital. I'm no still, I'm still annoyed. I'm still annoyed about it. Fantastic. I missed the. I was the two of the only home games I missed. That and we beat Waterford to to knock them out of the league title race about two days beforehand really? in Milltown. So I mean, so it's not like Rovers were you know preparing for weeks. Like Rovers beat Waterford on Sunday and beat Man United on Tuesday. Yeah, you know, it's it's not like and a, a full t- and a full it's a full time Man United team oh, who said f- they were coming to Milltown to win. They told her see when they were there, they said lads just won't have it easy tonight. So tell me who impressed you that day on their team? Strachan was good, yeah. Strachan was, yeah. Brian Robson. Who were you marking? Well for corners I was for from play it was marking Frank Stapleton. And for corners Brian Robson. But he was a very elusive to get a hold of you. And was there anything? I love all the little interactions in football, you know yourself. Like, was any pinching or pulling going on? Or all, anyone you, in your ear? Well, there'd be all variables going on. Yeah. Oh, jeez, all the time, yeah. Uh, Strachan was actually causing all the stress. Was he, yeah? yeah? Was he a bit melty? Yeah, he was asked, Are we going to work tomorrow? All that kind of thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know all this nonsense. Well, he's Is he see, fixing the yeah. pipes, plumbing tomorrow? Yeah, all thing. That clark, yeah. But it was, to be fair, it wasn't nasty. It was in good taste, you know. Yeah. And uh, should be took it on the chin. And uh, you're living in Castle Knock these days. Are you from Cabra originally? Cabra West. Yeah, Northside man. So uh, the West, yeah. behind enemy lines. Yes. You have to add in the West. Is that like six West as well? Is it no, like the posh part of Cabra? They're dropping Cabra. Yeah. They're dropping the West Tower Cabra. So. Someone in our WhatsApp group spreading nasty rumours that you may have been uh, inclined towards Bowes as a youngster. Well, to be fair, Bowes was only on the road for me. So mm. Bowes would have been the draw to the League of Ireland clubs at the time. Uh, no exposure back then. Or even not in the early 70s to uh, Shamrock Rovers as much from a cabra lad. Uh, Billy Young trying to get me to sign and uh, the well Johnny Giles asked me to come up to, to Rovers then so there was no uh, contest really. Even though Billy was great, sold the club really well but I was going to uh, Rovers after speaking to John Giles. Great. 
So he brought you to the club in 1981 to talk about how it came about. The the, the actual sign of yeah. Rovers. Yeah, it was actually uh, there, was, there was a few of them sign me, uh, Bowes and Rovers, and them two were out in front. And I met down to meet Billy Young. He was great. He was quite uh, impressive. Showed me around the place. Uh, and they were all because I grew up down there, as I say, grew up down the road. Then Johnny Jones came in and uh, couldn't say no to that. Couldn't say it? no. No, it's great. Did you idolise him as a player? As a player, he yeah, he would have been a good player. I would have been reckon. I, I would have yeah, associated what a great player he was, and being Irish over in England, played seen him play against West, uh, against United by West Brom. He was fantastic. Um, and there was a bit of a revolution going on, was that at the moment Rovers as well? And you probably was was that no. him, him coming back? Yeah, it was that that was all in the uh, in the the selling of the club. He yeah. was saying that he was going to do this and he was doing that. And, and to be fair to Johnny Jones, he was way ahead of his time. So uh, yeah, he sold the club to me, and without a hesitation, we put pen to paper. And Tommy, we've asked you before about how you got the following hours. Your dad brought you the one-one away draw, in UCD, January nineteen eighty-two. Yeah. It know? got brought up by somebody recently. Was it on the podcast? The sending off. It could have been, and we looked it up. And Peter, you did play that day, so your very first memory of Rovers involved this man here. So it's a. Uh, a nostalgic day, you could say. Yeah, absolutely. A tear in the eye there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And uh, both of you described the emotion that surrounded the last ever game at Glenmore Park. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with you, Tom. Last yeah. ever game, Glenmore well, Park. Well, the, the, the point was at the time is that we we thought we'd keep fighting, you know. So we we thought that it was, you know. I remember being a bit. I remember uh, welling up because my dad said to me we were standing in the little car park beside the main stand, and it was a big crowd. We usually were, you know, the fact there was a good clump of Rovers fans who went every week he used to stand behind the goal Rovers were scoring into yeah. and I remember he said to me come on we'll go and might as well it was a big crowd so it goes so we sometimes it was a big crowd because I was quite young we didn't go there but he said come on we we'll might as well go on the round and stand here for the last time so it was kind of I remember welling up at that stage yeah. but at, at the time a lot of the time we felt that we we would get back in once once the campaign started and everything we you felt, felt there was just a, a it's just like ah, it's gonna happen eventually. Like this isn't real. It's not happening. Yeah, I mean, especially things like if you have to remember, like the council voted unanimously to deny planning permission, mm. right. and it got overturned by on board Planola. So at, after that stage, the the, the the real sucker punch was probably on board Planola. So the real at that stage, it was just it was a bit like for a for a big chunk of the, the period, it was a bit like the problems getting Tala open. Mm. As in, we we thought it would end. We just thought it was a a bad thing that would end rather yeah. than a, a you know. A, terrible break with the past mm-hmm. and what about you uh, yeah, right, Tommy, yeah, yeah, it was pretty surreal uh, as a player though you're sort of geared to say we're professionals and we've got to go on and play but at the back of, back of all of our minds all the players wanted to stay but we didn't really think it, it, it would happen yeah. and it did get turned over by uh, and what was being said to you from let's say board level and managers did they were, were you told to ignore it or were you told listen this is actually oh, well, a big issue we were told in one certain Terms that we were getting paid to play for Shamrock Rovers and uh, we play, we were told to play. Yeah. You know, and it was them lines. Uh, like we had to get on and play the game. So we were sort of detached. It was really funny for the players as well, though, in fairness. It was emotional. A lot of the lads said, no, we didn't want to, at the time, probably didn't want to play. Mm-hmm. And we were told, you can out and play. Yeah. Also, it wasn't at the, right at the start, it wasn't wholly obvious that the scam was going on. 
So for like, I know Keely has spoken before that Keely felt Keely was essentially taken in by the Kilcoins because Keely went. Keely out. was there, kind of unofficial spokesman, wasn't he? Yeah, well, Keely went out into the pitch and got the fans to leave the pitch, and Keely said he was kind of taken in by the Kilcoins because he thought that it was he thought that all the the spiel they gave about uh, going to the going to Tolka uh, where there's a bigger they said there was a bigger audience for football on the north side, and they said that they would then develop a ground share. Um, that's it, and, and that's and people thought that and not going and not leaving Milton was emotional. It was kind of emotionalism. But the only thing is, I think that had been the pipeline for a long time because I remember being in the bar behind the stand in Milton on the day against Cork City, where the league title was clinched it, for the previous season. Okay. And Paddy Kilcoyne had been in UCD with my dad in qualifying as a doctor, and the two of them knew each other. And Paddy Kilcoyne and Louis Kilcoyne were talking to dad, and they made that point to them about the crowds. Is the crowds are bad. We think we get bigger crowds on the north side. Really? And that we... Uh, relocate. Uh, yeah, and, and then uh, I remember my dad's response was absolutely not your support would choke, as, he, as yeah. in the, um, the emotion. It's, you can't leave Milltown. And I just I remember that conversation 12 months earlier, so that had been in the pipeline for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think Dermot would have been our go-between as well. Dermot, I think you're right what you're saying there. Dermot was... But like your, your rep, you could say. Yeah, he them. was, yeah. yeah. And the, the, the feedback that we were getting off the managers and... Get out there and play. Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. And it was a tricky one for the players. To be fair, it really was a tricky one for the players. So we did get out and play, obviously. Because that's the reason that fans are there, to see you guys. But like it's still playing a rock and a hard place, really, because yeah, you don't know is, what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you're walking up to it. You're geared to play for uh, the 90 minutes, and someone's telling you, should you be playing? And then yeah. you're wrestling a lot of those thoughts as well. Yeah. So it was a little bit of uh, anxiety with the players as the well. The one thing I'd love to know is, is when they, they talked about losing money is and I know we've all situations where League of Ireland clubs have lost hand over fist in the last 20 or 30 years or the last 40 years even what I'd love to know is Peter you remember how many players left that team including yourself yeah at went to over, Derry didn't they over, no but over 5 years no, some of them went to Derry but before that loads of lads left on transfer fees and got transfer fees to uh, went abroad you know you had Bucko and Campbell that's right uh, then you had um, Mick Byrne actually this is after this is during the talk season Mick Byrne went to Den Haag no, John Co- France yeah John Cody it's all transfer fees transfer fees and I, I would love to know now most of these weren't discussed or disclosed but I would love to know if you could you know, you know the way people won't tell you something then but if you went now to Leicester or whoever would they tell you what they would or would they have a record somewhere of what they paid out mm. and would you know how much how much money there was money being made there had to have been as well and even yeah. with the sale of it in, in, as well there was all sorts well, of and, and full houses against Arsenal yeah. Man United Arsenal twice I don't think the second was a full house against Arsenal but one full house still mismanagement of the funds though wasn't it yeah. Two, well I don't think it was I, think it was, I don't think it was mismanagement I think it was intentional yeah. I don't think I don't think he mismanaged. I think it was intentional it's skimming. Yeah, yeah. In the put in yeah. the pocket, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah. yeah, we're gonna read out some questions that uh, people sent in throughout the show. Jason Maloney remembers a league game in Milltown where we beat Dundalk five 0 Jody Bourne pulled off two world class saves. Peter scored two and the whole ground was egging him on to get the hat trick and he almost did it too. And every time he got the corner the crowd chanted Peter, 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 go on and smile your face there, yeah, 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 like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. So you did like an L goal. I did look a goal, yeah, to be fair. So I was always pushed up there anyway with the, the size of me. I should, be getting, should have got more goals. Yeah. There, you know. but, uh, do you remember that game, the 5 0? I do remember, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And Jason says, You played centre half as normal that day, but how did it feel having to play as an emergency centre forward, scoring in the FBI Cup semi final in 1984 and in Europe 
against Linfield the same year. I loved it. I loved it because uh, David Jeffrey was marking me against Linfield, and uh, there was a bit of needle between me and him for years. Oh yeah, come mm. up yeah. So uh, mm. there was a bit of needle. So I, I like the physical side of. Uh, Playing as well. You like a bit of a battle? Yeah, I like the battle, and uh, myself and David had a, a good few battles in the past, so uh, I was enjoying playing up front against Linfield. Enjoyed especially scoring as well? Yeah, yeah, I would have liked to play up front a little bit more against a few. <laughs> and, you know, so tell us about the Linfield home and away game. Tell us about <clears> the build up to the games, home and away, as regards to you know the talk of fans going up, and wasn't there a massive uh, boycott? Was there a boycott for fans? I think only 14 travelled up to the game yeah, in Linfield. Yeah, Tommy Cannon was one of them. Yeah. Dangerous Dave Dunn was turned around on the on the motorway. It was, really? <laughs> so Sensible decision from the RUC. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they were actually, they were really scary times as well for us as players. Like, wasn't there a lot of trouble there recently before the game as well? A couple of weeks yeah. beforehand there was possibly... It might have been. But um, there, there, there was something anyway. But even things like, you, you, for, you forget now, but it's not just hooliganism or it's not just like, the Miami show band was only about 10 years before that yeah. you know so that's fellas going around gigging in a Winnebago and they yeah. get pulled over and they all get Killed shot the you know blood, so yeah. it's, it's it was, there was things and there was there was a bomb thrown at Cliftonville fans about a year or so after that so it, it wasn't just like hooliganism it was you know yeah the tension was unbearable for that game as well oh yeah on the way to the game you had to cut down to the roads of Windsor you've been in Windsor gone into roads the real small roads and the people were outside and they were giving us the fingers and throwing stuff at the Union Jacks. You see, didn't at the time didn't give a damn. So we were sort of a little bit exposed. To, yeah, the, the players were exposed. Can you imagine what it was like? Yeah, you know. And then we got exactly. Yeah, no one speaking as obviously being the, on the bus. Like as a player, you probably think you're protected, but you didn't feel that way no, that day. No, no. If it was felt a little bit bare, a little bit bare, if something could have kicked off. Like even the IUC when we came out to line up for the game. They weren't too uh, generous to us either. Really, yeah. yeah they were, not, I wouldn't say physical contact, but they, they didn't get out of the way when we were walking, you know. Really, yeah. Yeah, and they let it to know. They, they told us so to So we're pretty much saying, yeah, this, this, this is letting you know that they're there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, they were a bit hostile to us as well. And you obviously felt that we really should have beaten Linfield over the two should legs. Have, should have beat them. Should have beat them. Were they a poor team, been. yeah? Not a poor team, no, I thought we were a better side. Yeah. I thought we were a better side on, on the two legs. As I say, I always think I should have played the two games. But <coughs> I would have the, the, the thing about Linfield at that stage is you have to remember that was a, a dominant Linfield team as they well. They were a very good side. So they were, yeah, I mean, they were second or third best on the island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they were, yeah, I mean, but, were but, side, but yeah. this was a special over teams should have been. I, mean, I think, actually, our record against them in the friendlies, we had, there was a good few friendlies around that time, it was pretty decent, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I can remember, yeah, it was, to be fair. Yeah. But back to the night, though, I thought we should have beat them up there and beat them back in Milltown. And what was, the, what was the crowd like towards you, the home crowd? Can you remember that up there? Oh, yeah, they were very hostile. Yeah. yeah. The whole lot, everything from the work all was hostile. You know, coming into the ground was hostile, in the ground was hostile, and, yeah, it was just a complete... They give you the cold well, showers after. To be fair, to be fair, it didn't bother us. I, I would have enjoyed all that, you know. Yeah, thick skin. Yeah, yeah, I would have enjoyed that. But do you think that the European the, result? Um, if you look at the progress that year. Linfield went on to play Panthenaikos and nearly beat them. I think they lost and away goals, and then Panthenaikos went to play Liverpool in the quarterfinals. So could you imagine that run yeah. if we got past yeah. Linfield? Yeah. And then we had the European results were one blotch on the record for the brilliant four in a row team. Do you think 
would that be one of your big regrets that the, the European results weren't exactly fantastic yeah I thought we could have done a bit better in a few of the games uh, I think we beat uh, Fran was it, no, that Reykjavik was, that was way, yeah Reykjavik yeah. that was before the four in a row though to be fair yeah we didn't really do uh, great with the four in a row time, uh, team on the road there was no there was no beating Honved though like Honved were brilliant that, that was the like, name of the star in the show that day the Tardy is it the Tardy yeah the tardy, he was a special player yeah. but they were all there was six of them six of the Nationals gone to the World Cup yeah so, wasn't the Tardy sold for millions that's right he went to was it Parma Parma yeah, Parma. The, yeah Hungary were in the World Cup It's it just shows you at the around the time the peak of the League of Ireland run in you know, the good runs in Europe about 10 years ago just before actually Rovers had their win in Belgrade is Rover the League of Ireland got level in the European rankings with Hungary level yeah and, that's, and, and they were on another like the, they, was, the problem with that night was the pitch in Milltown was too good because they were able to they bang, were around, so bang, bang around bang around yeah. but to be fair we gave them a game I thought we gave them a good game even over there uh, I remember it was a Fran Hitchcock or Noel Arkin lost his player they beat us one hill away am I right yeah I think so Big Noel Big Noel's been in here before we had him in another uh, another centre half torn striker striker torn centre half (laughs) (laughs) so we have a funny story here I'm going to read from uh, Robert Goggins book so this was December 1985 just before the new year yeah Robert writes Milltown resembled an ice rink as robbers and shells slipped their way around the dangerous ice covered pitch but the hoops were skating on, on tin ice in more than one sense because they played three suspended players, Paul Doolan, <laughs> Michael O'Connor and Peter Eccles. And afterwards, the league claimed to have sent notific- notification to the club that the trio were suspended. However, they got away with the infringement on a technicality. The good old postman was too busy enjoying his Christmas holidays to have delivered the letter from Marion Square on time. Wouldn't happen on our watch, Prof. No. Wouldn't happen on our watch. <laughs> That's the first time I heard that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah. Uh, you won your only cap for Ireland in a friendly with Uruguay at Lansdowne Road in April 1986. You replaced Chris Hugh for the last 10 minutes, so surely a proud moment. Oh, and tell me, did you get the cap? I did, yeah. You got yeah, it. Because the there was a couple of instances where people didn't actually get their caps, wasn't there? Frank O'Neill only got his caps like two months ago crazy, or something. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So tell us about that moment when you came on. Oh, it was a special moment, yeah. obviously, for those represent your country, coming from Shamrock Rovers as well and coming from, to the local ranks. You know, it was a Absolutely, fantastic yeah. for me, family, and everybody that concerned with me. I remember it well. Yeah, I was. I was, I was. I that was quite emotional seeing you coming up. Yeah. It's a rare yeah. thing for Rovers fans yeah. as well yeah. because yeah. 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 Borky yeah. Borky got a cap there, and yeah. I tell you, I watched every minute of that game, yeah. and he when he when he scored yeah. that absolute cracker for Ireland. Remember that one yeah. from all of one yard, <laughs> <laughs> or even Ender Stevens. It feels great yeah. watching him get a cap. Yeah. And it keeps so, it keeps it it keeps it interesting, you know. So as we said, ten minutes probably a short international career, but we had Alan O'Neill here, and he said he would have killed for any number of minutes. Like he, it's astonishing that he never won a cap for Ireland. Yeah. So it just adds to what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I knew how proud of, mm-hmm. and the achievement I was actually making there as well. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes to me was. Exactly. I'll hang on to that for the rest of my life. Yeah, so yeah. That was fantastic, you know. And we'd another great member of you must have been for when Ireland made up exclusively a League of Ireland players, beat a much fancied French side 3-0 in the big qualifiers at Daly Mount Park. Seven of the starting eleven were provided by Shamrock Rovers being yourself. Uh, Mick Neville, Pat Bourne, Harry Kenny, Joe Hanrahan, Noel Larkin, Kevin Brady. So tell us a bit about that. 
Good game. French players, who was, who was in that squad? I can't actually remember who was. No one sticking out? No one sticking out, but I remember the goal really well. I think it was Neville actually crossed the wall. Mick Neville crossed the wall. Largo at the back post, head of the back. But once I knew it went to the back post, I knew Largo would get ahead of Yeah. So I took a chance, went in and got it. Great game. Great result as well. And it's great actually. Big crowd? It's a, yeah, it was a big crowd. And then to be sharing in Ireland on and you're sort of saying, yeah, this is it, I'm like this, you know. Yeah. It was a good feeling. That was great because the Olympic tournament at that stage was up in the air. The, the FIFA didn't know what to do with it. So you know, oh, now yeah. it's twenty threes. So right. FIFA didn't know what to do with it. So when Ireland entered, the FAI couldn't get players from England in because uh, right. Britain can't. You know the way you, uh, the Brits entered the Olympics as Great Britain. Yeah. So they can't. So there'd be a row between Scotland and Britain. Right. So they didn't enter. So they. So the FAI entered the League of Ireland team. So that was. Uh, and it was great. It's a pity. Proud. Yeah, proud. Nobody, did brilliantly. Nobody gave yeah. us any quite yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. We went down to Sweden and we went hell over there. There's something. There's some smashing players. Uh, mm. Who stuck out there? You remember? Fifty-nine. He went to uh, Arsenal. Arsenal bought him that year. Oh, if you went to Lampard, Arsenal, we should know. Didn't we? Limper, is it? Oh, Anders Limper. Anders Limper. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, he was on. playing. He was a smashing player. Yeah. Oh, he was great. I think, they had a good few players in there. That team, really yeah. solid players. It was great. Yeah, um, it was no, great, great days. Those there was two or three days. of those matches. There was one in Milltown as well, wasn't there? There was one in Milltown. That was against Hungary. Hung- yeah. yeah, it was in Hungary. Uh, Milltown. For us to qualify for the Olympics now, our under twenty ones would have to reach the semi finals of the European under twenty one championships. That's a tough. Which task, is pretty unlikely man. since the twenty ones have never qualified for any tournament. Before. Yeah. Well, that'll change hopefully soon. Hopefully, anyway. yeah. Well, with Gary Cosgrave wants to know Peter's favourite central defender partnership Gino Brazil, Mick Neville, and Dermot Keeley. Wouldn't you on the Jeez, spot now? More, yeah, there's more than that. Uh, Give us your favourite one. Who would you like favorite. playing Oh, well, obviously, Sam Keeley had a longer uh, sort of playing career. Yeah. But I wouldn't name any of them. They're all different two balls. Yeah. Things to say. Yeah. Like Gino was great. Uh, Chaco Matoni was great. Mick Neville. Harry Kenny played in there. Alan Matthews as well. Alan Matthews, yeah, he was yeah. on the greatest league of the world there recently. He was actually really good. Yeah, like there was a lot of good players. Yeah, yeah, it's very hard to pick. I played with Barry Murphy as well. Barry yeah. Murphy was a smashing player. Uh, like a lot of them brought different teams to the table. Like, te- technically, um, what, what, what would you regard yourself as, as a centre-half? Would you have been the big bustling centre-half to win headers or would you have been the guy to drop in behind and, and sweep it up like... And you probably don't remember Mickey Droy, do you? No, not at all. You remember Mickey Droy? No, I don't. And Mickey Droy was a big, powerful centre half. I liked a bit of him and a bit of Alan Hansen. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. When I fancied it, I, I could deal with you, though. But From what I've been told, you you liked an old dribble and you, you fancied yourself for an old <laughs> clip over the fullback. Yeah, yeah. Fancy, yeah, absolutely. No problem. And you let Rovers go to Australia for six months in 1988. The year I was born, so you were off Gallivant and I was only a babby. So, uh, tell us a bit about that. Yourself and Michael. You didn't Hart. meet uh, Wacker Kearns over there by any chance, did you? No, Nick Kearns. No. I had another Sean Rovers. Ray Kearns. Wilson. Just, no, I didn't meet Ray either. No, Ray came later on, but Ray went to Sydney. Ray was Kearns. in Australia since 84, possibly, was it? Right. I think he came. Did he? Did he? Did he? I think he. That was later, no? I think he came later. Yeah. He was eight, I think it was 88 as well. Around that. Yeah. But he yeah. went to Sydney, I went to Perth. Yeah. Kingsway Olympic, the Reekside, was there as well. And were you playing a bit of ball? Were you oh, working on the farms? No, no, yeah. no, no, it was soccer. Oh, yeah? Full time soccer. What was the name of the team you were playing? Full time Kingsway Olympic. Kings, are they still going? Still going, yeah, still going. And uh, Shamrock Rovers are over there as well, the big yeah. club over there. 
Mikkel can't take a mix second I think they're still going over yeah, there. Yeah, I think yeah we were keeping an eye on them they drew Sydney recently didn't they no way in a, in a, in a game Del Piero's Del Piero's team that was it yeah, no, yeah that, was a, no, that, was, that was another one because somebody to, to copy the one in Perth someone set up a Darwin Shamrock Rovers and they, oh, right. they qualified oh yeah. really yeah, 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 <laughs> over the yeah, top yeah, yeah no, it was Perth yeah. and then you had a brief spell with Dundalk before signing for Leicester so how did the Leicester City this is something I always love to delve into is transfers because they fascinate me so you were playing for Dundalk no I was playing for Kingsway Olympic for Kingsway yeah, yeah so yeah, how did the Leicester started, City yeah. move come about it was actually a plea around me, David Plea, manager. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, and he knew where How I did was. that come about? How did that? To be fair, I don't know. To be fair, he knew I was there, and he said, you come back. Uh, and then Dundalk said, they'd sign me as well. Right. So Dundalk offered me. So I says, right, fine. If, if that's what the offer is, I'll go back to Dundalk. Right. But uh, what's his name? David Plea came in then when I signed for Dundalk, and he says, no, we, we want you over here. So in fairness to Dundalk, they knew before I was signing for Dundalk, that if Leicester came in, I was out. So tell me, what was the was there much of a contrast as regards to the the standard of life? Let's say as like wages would. Oh, it was a big was, difference. In big, was it? Yeah, oh, yeah, there was. Leicester and yeah, Dundalk, yeah, 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 there was a big difference mm. in wage. Uh, I think Pat Byrne played there too, didn't he? Pat, Pat played there. Yeah. Pat was well taught of there as well. Mm. It is. Uh, Pat played there. So yeah, it would have been David Plea who uh, initiated the whole thing. So he brought me over for a, a week's training. Uh, I wasn't to play a game. But he played, and everything went well for me. Yeah. So he, next morning, the hotel, one of the lads was there, brought me down to meet the gaffer, and the gaffer says, uh, "There's a deal. Do you want to sign?" I said, "Yeah." Give me some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Take that. So happy days. So uh, you returned to Dundalk in the League of Ireland, and in fact, the opening game of the 1989-90 season was against Shamrock Rovers at Oriel Park. So, uh, what was the reaction like from the Hoop supporters? When you came back, was it positive or did you have oh, a few? It was positive, there was a few. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a bit of banter, yeah. You know, a bit of banter, you know. But to be fair, in the whole, the, the lads were let me back, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the dark seat, the dark had an attachment to me when I came back from uh, Australia. And I'm sure so Oriel Park to, has, hasn't changed much since since then, has it? Say again? I'm sure Oriel Park hasn't changed much no, since then. Actually, no, <laughs> there was no there was no segregation in those days, though. So you, you, you kind of had to yeah, you could go anywhere. Yeah, 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 you could go anywhere. But that, in fairness, that game the Rovers fans would have been quite quiet because that was the first game back after nearly going bust in that summer. Sort of, yeah, remember, with the two players, pushing. remember Harry and Jody were the only two That's players true. left. So that yeah. that was the eighty the start of the eighty eight eighty nine season. So that would have been September eighty eight. That game you're talking was about. Jesus, that would have been. I'd say that was grim. Well, I'm right in saying that, am I? Or was it? Was it that the following year? Uh, I, I looked it up earlier. I think eighty eight was at Long Town with Austin, and then eighty nine. Yes, it's it's it's, it's the eighty eight eighty nine season. So it would be September eighty eight. Right? I think it's actually happy there. I think it's 89. Oh, yeah, good. Well, yeah, yeah. The prophecy stats, man, will, yeah. let, will let him. Oh, no, sorry, it's 89 90 season. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So it was as, as in 87 88 was the boycott season. And then, oh, yeah, so yeah. I'm turning 88. But uh, talk about returning to Shamrock Rovers and their Kinger. So what happened there? When, can you remember the phone call? Oh, yeah, yeah, I met Kinger in town. and uh, well, What hotel was it? I'm sure it was a hotel. What, what, what no, home? It wasn't actually. Normally it's a hotel, isn't it? It was actually a Magnums. <laughs> yeah. So Magnums, there used to be a sort of Gresham. There was a pub there. Went in there, had a few drinks, and uh, discussed. But we didn't uh, do anything that day. And uh, I think I went to no, was that? I went to dark then. Hmm. But King, I wanted me, and I wanted to go back to Rovers. Yeah. And there was a bit of a tussle going on between Tour O'Connor, who was the manager of uh, Dundalk at the time. 
So I just told her, like I said, I didn't really want to play for Dundalk, I wanted to play for Rovers. And what was it that pushed it over the line for Simon Rovers? Because it was Rovers? Or? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I wanted to go back and play for Rovers, I wanted to be there. And uh, I told uh, Torlock, and Torlock said I'd sign a contract. But I said, look, if you can get out of it, I want to get out of it, I want to play. So he says, fine. And, and was, that much of, was that much of an obstacle to get out of a contract? Oh, then even, oh yeah, jeez, it was even worse then to get out of a contract then. Yeah. You know, yeah. So in fairness, King are pretty uh, neck on the block and said, listen, come aboard. And I said, yeah, I loved it. So that was it. And it was all now between the two boys then and they done their business. Did you get on with Kinger as a player in the foreign round? Kinger was great. Kinger for me was the most underrated midfielder. We've, we've really, yeah? Yeah, he was great. He was... The only thing Kinger hadn't got was pace. Like, he'd walk quicker than Kinger drove. <laughs> um, but he was brilliant to play with. I really enjoyed playing with Kinger. Bit of a nasty streak to him. Yeah. You need chips, that, don't you? The chips are down. The chips are down. You're playing in Galway. Playing in Cork. And there's a... Mm-hmm. Do you know what, I hate to say it, right, but it's something that we're possibly missing at the moment with this current Rovers team is is a nasty streak. And look, I, I keep referring back to this, but we haven't got like a Chris Turner who had a nasty bit of, bit of oomph about him. We haven't got Bocker. You know, Bocker was a madman. Could play ball. Bit of a nasty streak about him. You know, Dan Murray had a nasty streak. But it only comes across now in the big games because it's, it's in a lot of the League of Ireland teams are actually quite young so there's a lot less nastiness than there used to be. Yeah. And even the likes of like the derbies, Pats and Bowes, and there's a bit of nastiness there, but they're all quite young. The Pats yeah. and Bowes teams, it's, yeah. it's it's the nastiness comes with Cork and Dundalk. They're not versed in the yeah. dark arts, yeah. you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got to win your battles. Yeah. And that was clear to us. Even Kinger would oh. make it clear your personal battles, and then collectively as a team, oh. we win our battles. Yeah. So no team stood up to us. I mean, my awful has a story from those years where he was uh, chatting to a referee who shall be remaining nameless. And the referees told him that he'd just been up in Oscar Trainer Road at the referees' training session and that a well-known uh, refereeing official uh, and trade unionist who let people work out who had said that, I think you had had a couple of fouls the previous week and he'd been at the match and you'd got away with it. right? And he said, somebody's to send, if Peter Eccles is over the ball again, you're to send him off. Oh, and he said it to this referee and the referee was taking Rovers that weekend and the referee was actually a Rovers fan as well and he said it to my office have a word of Pedro tell him he's to keep his feet down this week because I'm, <laughs> under, I'm under orders yeah. and, and uh, dad went into and kind of went up to the he was either King or Ray Tracy and said listen I have to have a word of Peter about something he, he was so a, doc- he did he a doctor pre- so no questions asked yeah, so, he was, yeah. so he was so Peter was sent out to me and says listen you're told, I've been told you're to keep your feet so down so what you today. did the previous week was, was carried on that's oh, just I, disgraceful I follow you around though yeah you would have yeah. for, apparently you would have like a, a reputation I can understand mm-hmm. that but for to, to hold that hold on to that and bring it into the next game but, but Reb, Reb, scandalous that's, that's one thing people forget about is is when they talk about things that even up in the season is referees talk to each other and that's one of the reasons without a doubt that's like, why they would be so in up. each other's ears saying who have we got this week yeah. for Rovers yeah. Jesus that fella oh, oh, Peter Records Jesus, Pedro's brutal he's always yeah. in our ear yeah. that type of thing yeah. that happens it really does yeah. and they will identify flashpoints potential flashpoints like for instance they know they're going to get swarmed by Dundalk players yeah. and they know that the likes of I don't know let's say they, they know Pico likes a tackle yeah. you know that type of thing yeah. they might go in hard yeah. so that type of thing does, does resonate things, with them and things like that are the trailing leg he's taken someone out with his trailing leg the last two weeks he's got away without someone yeah. to do something and that used to go on the League of Ireland all the time Yeah. so referee has even said to me you're level one 
I'll give you one take. I'll give you one. Don't take that. So, you know, they used to, they, they, there would be a, like, there yeah. was a bit more, I wouldn't say manly, but like, there was a bit of give and take with some yeah. referees, and there's some referees they don't mess with. And they knew when they let go, they don't mess with referees. Who would be one of the more stern ones? Oh, there was. Who was the mad ref that always comes up in the show? Paddy Daly, Paddy Daly. Paddy's always been there. Paddy sent me off. I was on a stretcher. That's the one, yeah. That's awesome. You're on a stretcher? I think it clubbed. Were you on a stretcher or were you on a stretcher? That's literally the next question. Are you playing the game? Yeah. I was actually playing the game both. Yeah, we'll bring it up. Jason Maloney, of course, the memory man himself. He's up there with Jules for the memories. What about the match at Daily Mountain February 1991 when he came up against Bowes, Hardman, Alan Bourne, crunch and tackle from Eccles. Both players left the field to play. Peter with a red card, Bourne on a stretcher. I was actually neither was on the stretcher. Yeah. Yeah, we had to go off. Were you playing the game? I had a thing. Oh, yeah. Did you know? You knew I, you know, I, I think you were carried. That's the true thing. I, I, I think that the stretcher was gone with Alan Byrne and you yeah. were carried. That's right. So you knew you clattered him, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, you know, like, you know. <laughs> but to be fair, Alan, Alan went to do me. And me, me and Alan sat down. Me and Alan be good buddies mm. now, like, you know. And it's just that I went higher than him. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> so now he went to do me. So you, you were playing the injured card and then you got the red. Oh, were we you complaining? Do. Yeah, that's what you have to do. The referees know it sometimes. Sometimes you, you can pull yeah. the wool, but at that time, Paddy sent me off. I think I was getting. Yeah. I was getting carried off anyway. Yeah. But Paddy Daly was notorious for the previous one with Harry Kenny, where he sent Harry off in the first game of the Derby during the four in a row years for nothing. I heard later that that was because Rocky O'Brien was jumping up and down in the dressing room in Daly and banged his head. And Paddy Daly saw it. There was a clash. Paddy Daly saw blood coming from Rocky's head, which was from before the match. (laughs) Daly saw him and just sent Harry off. But in fairness to Paddy Daly, I'm not saying he was biased, right? But once he retired, he went to Daly Mount every week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, you said Peter had a special relationship with Bowles fans, is that right? Well, he was, was, they they seemed to, I think because he was from Cabra, he was particularly beloved of them when he was kind of a Rover's icon for his Cabra. No, we always thought the opposite, actually. Did you? Yeah, Yeah, I've seen a lot of neighbours. Yeah. Give me that's what I mean. Yeah, they used to give oh, you extra stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra stick. You see yeah. the blood, you see the, the, the blood rising in the neck. Oh, jeez, all the time yeah. behind yeah. enemy lines, as they say. I'd warned the mother not to go to the games, and she went out to one of the games. And she says, Oh my god, is that stuff true, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, with the, with the blood at boil, I'd say, I'd say if you walked to if you want to see the stand in Daily Mount empty, even now, I'd say if you walk them down the front of the stand today and you'd have fellas in their 50s jumping out of their yeah, seats yeah, charging yeah, down yeah. <laughs> and it was gassed because we were tackled after the end there was a few of them waiting for me in the, and I was with Kitty you remember Kitty Mellon yeah. with the dog do you remember yeah. Kitty Mellon do you remember she had the, uh, Kitty, Kitty had the dog Kitty, Kitty, Kitty Mellon yeah she'd always hang around and uh, she and her dogs have a chat after the game she was a lovely old dear it's a great oh. Sean McGrove supporter but she was after the ground and the two of us were talking and a lot of Bowles lads came up to me and she stood in between them. Leave my Peter. Leave my Peter. But um, yeah, so uh, tell us about your nickname, Jennifer. And it's going back, isn't it? Jennifer. Jennifer Eccles. That's the song. Jennifer Eccles. Yeah. Going back in the sixties, and that's basically where I got it. Jennifer and Pedro was the one. How did the Pedro one come about? Again, I'm not sure. The lads gave me that. I'm not sure. To be fair, the the lads would be calling me Pedro and wherever. And you won the Rovers Player of the Year Award, 92, 93, so Pro Day. Pro Day again, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think myself and Gina were in for that. Gina Brazil. And, it was neck and neck, uh, wasn't it? Neck and neck, yeah. Gina was great that year as well. So, yeah, proud again for me. Every uh, 
Trouble. And is it, does it exist on the mantelpiece? No, it does, yeah. Who's one, who's one is in pieces in a box? Was it Alan O'Neill or was it somebody? No, Alan's is still up. <laughs> Alan's is still up, is it? Uh, Alan was saying his one is still up. So we finished eighth in the league in that uh, 92-93 season. So the gaff, I think the gaff's one's in bits. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the first winner. Wasn't he was the very first winner. Yeah. 79-80. So we finished eighth that year. So did anyone, players or fans, see this title challenge coming the following year? I oh, certainly didn't see it either, to be fair. No? No, I didn't see it coming. Now, to be fair, Ray walked on it, and Ray had his oh. fit, probably the fittest I've ever been in League of Ireland. He, he walked on the fitness. Got a few lads in, Tola was in, Tola was fantastic, and Alan, oh. the spine of the team, Gago up front. Early on, then, there was signs, I was out, big Paul, I was out as well. I mean, to us, to us, to us. He would be. He would have been on the fringes really that year. Was he? That? No, he yeah. was not. He was no, Ozan only played 18, eighteen games. Yeah, no, yeah. but I think he played eighteen in a row, and he was brilliant in every oh, one of them. In a row, so he was, was the, he was like the, the start of this year. He was when the team went from being mediocre to being the top team in the league. Yeah, he was yeah. brilliant every week. He got he injured. He was yeah. just colossal, and he was brilliant for us. And then mm. no, he got injured, mm. and we, we we suffered a few uh, defeats then. But that thing, yeah. what's a lot not well known is a lot of that team that was bought that summer. It's because we'd had a bad year the previous year. We didn't qualify for the top six playoff that used to happen. So we used to play tw- That's amazing. That tw- 22 did, games. So where the previous finish was b- below sixth place. Yeah, so you had 22. And we the league. Yeah, so you yeah. had 22 games. Then you played the top six, played each other twice. The bottom six played each other twice. I hate that, I hate that standard. I hate yes. that, that, that procedure. And fucking then, does me head in. Yeah, and we, so we were like, the crowds in the RDS were very bad. But what happened was, is McNamara got the money in. From selling Doolan the year before, he yeah. got a few quid for Paul Doolan. So Paul Doolan the previous season, Ollie has obviously Shit. had some some whatever way Ollie had to deal. The money only came through later, so a lot of the money came in. So that's why he was able to get Terry Eviston, Alan O'Neill, Ozo, mm. have I met Alan Byrne? Have I missed anyone? John Nolan. John and, Nolan, yeah. yeah and that's oh, the, that's how he was. So that's how we were able to. So he was able to. So he'd had. He actually had this. The, he actually had. I would say, if you want to put it like, he had the flesh of a good squad without the spine. So yeah. we, had, we had a lot of, like, there was a, there were weeks that week in um, 92, 93, where teams were just blown away. Like, Waterford were blown away at home and other bottom six teams blown away at home. And yeah. he, he had a great team with no spine and he was able, he got the money through and he was able to put the spine in place. The one highlight I would say, which a lot of hoops, younger hoops now who've had a period where Sligo have been successful as well as being bitter, was the 92, 93 season finished with a day out in Sligo where there was only about 100 of us there but relegated Sligo and then we got back to the train turned on the old transistor radio and, and, and balls had blown the league so yeah. the, 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 day fin- the, the year finished on a high brilliant yeah, yeah. yeah. so at the start of the 93-94 season Tommy like, what were the fans thinking like, what, what were your hopes for that season well, the hopes was... Like, Surely there was no title challenge envisaged. Like, well, I actually thought because we'd been up and down that there was always the kind of hope springs eternal. The, the fanzine famously had a picture of Ray Tracy hanging by his balls from, from a light. It says, Ray Tracy, uh, 20th of January 1994, if we don't qualify for the this top six. A, a, a Mick Conroy <laughs> special, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a Mick Conroy. I think it was Mick Conroy, yeah. And it was the front of the Some Ecstasy fanzine. But to be fair to Ray, he organised us that we were actually using this time with no spine. Mm. Down the middle, we were stronger than any yeah. any team. We myself, Gino, yeah. uh, Toller, uh, Bourne. Yeah. Was JC part of that team? Yeah. JC's in the 
yeah, absolutely. And where, does, was it explained to you? I said, listen, I want you as my captain. Here's the story. No, sort of you pulled aside. No, sort of evolved, really. I was I was coming with a senior pro then at the time, so I was actually got, got into the troops as well. So there yeah. would be a lot of uh, truth being told in the you know, in the changing room, you know. So everybody would have a say, but I was fairly uh, dominant in, in the way we should be playing at the back. Yeah. And myself and Ray probably didn't see eye to eye in that. Really? Yeah. Myself as regards to playing styles? Yeah, Ray would probably want the full backs to play the line. Right. Uh, we, I wanted to play as a centre half. I've always been more up the centre half. You you align yourself for the centre half, high line, low line, centre half calls the line, not right. the full backs. He the wanted full back. full backs to call the line. Yeah, and <clears throat> that was leading into a lot. It's unheard of, of, to be honest. It's really, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be, mm. but he wanted the lads to. So. We so you wanted to be the you wanted to be the main man, not not the main man, no, but you I, were thinking this is my defence, you know, type of thing. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. it, it walked that way. You'd sort of say, "Listen, lads, we're going to leave goals here. There's a little bit of indecision going on. I'll call the shots." Yeah. It was left unsaid, and and it was walking then, and then it, it, to paper over the cracks uh, with me and Ray a little bit because it started to walk, you know. So. Uh, and was there was there any give and take there as regards to let's say Ray saying, "Okay, listen, it's working." No, 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 you, no, no. What you've done is work, the work. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't work that. No, Ray was a lovely fella, a lovely man. The two was going on together. We, socially, we were fantastic. But when it came to football, we had a little bit of... Uh, but it would never be personal. It would just be, um, never be different personal. opinions. Never be personal. And that's it's it's a nice thing to be able to have is not not to be able to take it personally as regards to having different opinions oh, about yeah. football, about something. And that's something that's kind of lost today, possibly within football teams because you could probably have a disagreement or have a big barney yeah. with him but you'd still remain friends oh, yeah. outside of that I was, argument I've brought up in the, in the uh, Rovers like you, you fell out with people all the time yeah like you fell out with them all the time because you'd, you'd, you'd want them in and you, you'd come across and you'd come across not as a bully but you'd come across you really want to put your point across and say yeah. listen put your finger out or do A, B and C if fellas aren't doing it not to say that I was melting around, but like you would tell people to say, "Hey, listen, you got to put your socks up. You got to do A, B, and C, and you got to do it properly." Were you there when Pat Bourne gave well, Pat Mick the, the choke? Pat hammered everybody on his first day. Didn't he choke him? Biggest nark ever. Biggest nark ever. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was nark. Yeah. Yeah. But like a uh, smashing player. He said, "I think uh, wasn't the Pat Pat told us that, or no, Pat Pat told us that, he, or Mick told us that Pat grabbed him up by the neck." Yeah. On, the, on the the he his thought, debut, he thought he had played he well. He played well in the, in the first half. half of a friendly or something, and then he ends up getting pinned against the wall. By <laughs> Pat saying, don't you fucking ever do it. Didn't Pat have his own area at the pitches? Like, don't you yeah. fucking enter here? But that's the kind of atmosphere that I was brought up with. The kind of way of thinking everybody can fought the corner. So yeah. collectively, if you're if you're all doing it together and you're doing your job well individually, you're doing your job well collectively together. We're going the right direction. Yeah, you know? and that's why people always were a little bit. As you're talking, come back to your question about being captain and anybody see that. I think it evolved for me yeah. more than sort of like your captain. You grew into it, but you could yeah. say, 
And we had a great start, uh, Tommy, winning five out of four seven games, and we went on one of seven straight wins in October and November. Tell us a bit about that. Well, my fa- that the the big Putting thing just the shame here now. The big thing about that was the early season is things were up and down in in terms of expectation. There was a couple of bad results. I think it was to to, to be losing both of the Noddy Cups, um, yeah. like as in both as in the Leinster Senior and the yeah, League Cup. We lost yeah, right. it. Yeah. Oh, and then what happened was. The game against Galway. There was a game against Galway. I don't think I was at it. There was a game against Galway on the Saturday of the All Ireland final, down and their ground was being done up and it was five nil. And it suddenly, I think that just gave everybody a lift. And then that confidence flowed in and beat Bowes around the same time in, in the RDS, and that gave everybody a lift as well. I think that might have been the first win against Bowes in the RDS actually. Really? I think the two one because I think the previous two years they they they'd had a good results there. Yeah, they were starting to creep on us then. I didn't like to be fair. Yeah, and and I think that that changed. What needs to be remembered about ninety three, ninety four is that that team was a great team. And what the reason they one of the reasons I think they managed to overhaul the other teams in front of them was, is you forgot the the uh, when we just look at it from a Rovers perspective, we forget that the other teams had the mad playoff the previous year. That's right. So we had so we had shells, Cork, and Bowes had a uh, all finished level. The only thing in the league rules was that you had to have a play, you had to have home and away games for a playoff. So they had to have a little round robin where they all played each other home and away. Yeah. So that's that's six rounds because you have to play a round where each team has a bye. You know, what I mean, the three teams. So that had to be scheduled across three weeks minimum. Then they all finished level again. So then yeah. they were in uncharted territory. So the, the the League of Ireland teams all played each other as a, they all played each other again on a neutral venue. And I think Cork won it at that stage. And then because of that, they brought in goal difference from. They, they brought in goal difference yeah. from then, and the pre- and what's what's actually often forgotten about it is the previous season as well as Dundalk had a hell of a team under Turlock O'Connor, and they were only about two points or three points behind the three teams to finish level with each other, and Dundalk lost the cup final. So Dundalk, so Dundalk, so Cork were had the celebrations, and the other three all had the kick in the whatevers. So yeah. so. Once we got a bit of belief and got a bit of momentum going that autumn, suddenly it was all transformed because the other teams had all kind of little things niggling away in their heads as well. Yeah, yeah. So having said that, the wheels seem like they might be coming off at one point because there was a shock 5-2 defeat at home to Galway. Uh, we had Alan O'Neill on about this. He got injured in the game and had to come off. Yeah, that's right. So we have four straight losses. We're knocked out of the cup by balls. Yeah. So, what was the mood like in the dressing room and in the stands, Tommy? Like, was there feeling like this? We might be showing away here, or were you confident you could pick it up again? Well, no, I think we we were actually passing for going back. We were passing for the sake of passing at times, and uh, sounds like it was this season. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like we were passing, and it all looked too pretty. Mm. Where we said that there's, there's going to have to be an end product on mm. something that we're doing. So, in fairness to Ray, Ray got us got us all one Saturday morning. We all went in, and we all had a. Uh, a love in, as they would say. <laughs> so there was a few, there was a few things uh, discussed and a few home truths. Yeah, there was a few home and a few. Not point the finger. No one was blaming anybody. It was all sort of cool collective. I remember we were all sitting down in the lower stand in the RDS, and we just all told to. Uh, well, it was discussed between us all what we all thought was going on. We thought we were passing for the sake of passing, and like. The centre half gets the ball, and the full back gets the ball, and the full back gets the ball, and plays back to the centre half, and then this goes on for. And there's no end product. I just didn't see how that fit in with Rovers playing as well. Mm. So I said, well, that wasn't up to me, but we all agreed that it should be more a little bit, not direct, but 
Go forward. Just a different style there. Yeah, forward, go forward. Passing, yeah. Go forward. The whole, whole teams because the more the more times you uh, you move the ball forward, you're moving the defences as well. Too. I just mm. thought they were on top at times uh, the, as defenders. He's playing in front of them rather than making the play. Yes, Stephen, like even you saying it to me, he said the ball's not coming quick enough into me. It's not coming quick enough. And like for me, it just added up. Like you know, we gotta move it in quicker to him, get a passing, good passing game, but get it in quicker to the centre forward. Just as you mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned parallels with this season. It was a bit like that as well because Derek McGrath was playing in on the wide in midfield, and Derek's not a wide player. You know, so he was drifting in. So it was we were. We'd no wit and we were passing around and we were tripping over each other. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Don't you mention Gago? He scored 23 goals that season. Alan Bourbon Player of the Year award. And uh, who were the standout players for you guys in that team? 23 goals is fantastic. Oh, tour. Gago without a doubt it had to be. But like we go back to Paul Rosan. I thought Rosan was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And he got an injury and he was unlucky. Uh, that was the only season he ever played outside of the Pats. Was that one year with us? He was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And people forget that as well. I thought he was fantastic. Then with the two lads in the middle of the field, the two dogs, they would have been Toller yeah. and Bourne. Yeah. And, and then Gino at the back as well. Gino was fantastic. I mean, Toller had a very big role in turning the season around from that bad run because Toller had the. There was a game in Dahlia at the end of that run against Bowles, which we won 2 1, which kind of set us back on the road. And Toller scored a penalty to win it at the shed end. Uh, and that was I mean that was a big win yeah, that was a big we that won was, every game from that point yeah because yeah, that was the turnaround I mean we did, there was other things like there was in, in the bad run there was a defeat to Cork in Bishopstown so you've, you've uh, that's right the purple you, gear yeah the yeah, it's purple gear yeah <laughs> and the red pill the red oh, yeah. pill was a great kid that was I love a well, it a well known Rovers fan who shall be remaining nameless well, give fe- us some more clues featured in the Cork Examiner because he mooned a load of old ones coming out of mass it's Shane Nolan, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How are you saying? <laughs> yeah. So that was 23 goals for Gago that season and a great return. And, um, has, has, has Twig, um, who's, anyone score something similar in between those years? Possibly not. No. Possibly Twiggy is the only one to kind of... Uh, Cousins, was, Cousins was good. I don't yeah, think Twiggy he's at that level. Yeah, Twiggy got 24 in 2009. Yeah, I think Cousins possibly the only one to kind of get near that. Since then, it's something that we've been missing. So... And uh, your memories of sealing the title against Shelbourne, the ODS, the game could have easily been called off. Tell us a bit about that. Well, I didn't play that day. Not play that day? No, I didn't play. I was suspended that day. <laughs> I played against Cork then, the last game. Yeah. Scored against Cork. Was it was, I mean, it was the three. It was, it was, it was, yeah. it was over at that stage of the game. Anyway. I think we won at that stage of the game. We played Cork then at home, the ODS. And then we had a picture of you. Pedro, lifting the league trophy in 1994. It was printed on the front page of the George Times the next day. And uh, Tommy, tell me you have the Whirlpool jersey at home. Uh, I've actually lost my green and white one. I have the, I have the purple one. Somewhere. Have you got the purple one? If you can dish that out, I'm sure we'll take a donation to Johnny Blues. That looks great. Yeah, it classic. really is. It looked great on the walls. But that game, I can remember Peter scoring against Cork. I think the, the league, the league win, such as it was, and the celebrations after that came in three parts. Because whatever way it worked, the fixtures we shells away. Then we had a rescheduled game against Shells at home the following Wednesday. That's true. And then that was the, the one you were talking about. And then there was Cork at home. But the problem was if. If there hadn't been two wins against Shells, then Cork would have been coming to the RDS knowing a win would have retained the league. And they, and they would have, don't forget that they would have won the league in the RDS the previous year, albeit against a different right. team. So it would have, that could have been shaky. But then that, the two wins against Shells and against Cork put it to bed. And mm. it, now you look at the table, it's a seven point gap, is it? And it's just. Could have been so it's, it's different. Like, it, it could have been, different, yeah, could have been completely different. Yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. The Shelburne games were quite good yeah. as well. Yeah. Shells were a good side there. Yeah. I mean, I think that comes back to what I said. I think 
the the long season it was a long season as it is now compared to what it was in the 80s where it was 22 games for a couple of, couple of years yeah. but I think that comes back to a lot of those teams at the start of the year were struggling morale wise and fitness wise and everything mm. and and, just think, put them to the sword. and I think when we just put them to the sword and just like won every week and then a blip and then won every week again, the two runs before Christmas just yeah, were, were yeah, really yeah, good. Really right, I have a pop quiz for you, lads. Oh, here we go. Peter, you're one of only four players to be part of a league winning squad at Bolt Milltown and the RDS. Ooh. So can you name the other three? <laughs> Cody? No? No. Oh, was a tough Can one. I name the other three? So one, so won the league in Milltown and uh, and the RDS. Alan O'Neill. No, he left before the foreign row. Oh yeah, is a player. You're not saying Tracy, are you? No, and he's a player. Good player. So someone I played. So I'm guessing towards the the last season. One one player I've never even heard of now. Who so sort of played in Milton? Played in Milltown or won the league? Won the won both leagues. He was in the squad when Roberts won the league. In the Milton years, oh. and also in the squad in '94 when they won the league. Oh. He has to get this. It's not John Nolan, is it? Is he in the league? No, he's he not. Yeah, but was he, he in the middle town? No, he wasn't. No. No. You should know this one, Peter. Yeah, Milton, Jesus, I'm struggling there. And then is it John Toe? That's the one. He was on the B team, wasn't he? He was on the really good B team in '85. He was on the really good B team. Yeah. Wasn't Alan? No. No. You did mention him earlier. Terry Everson. Terry Everson. Terry Everson. That's two. That's two. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy the King is coming. Fair play to you. I'd be surprised to get this last one now because he didn't play much. Go on, give it a. Paddle Tool. Oh, God. You remember him, do you? I remember Pat, yeah. 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 Did he have injury problems or something? He was. Because he, was, he didn't feature as much because he, when he kind of signed, never, he looked really good, you know? Yeah, but he never really featured in. Yeah. in the first team in a lot now, yeah. to be fair to him. Good player. And, yeah, at any stage. Yeah, 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 but he didn't have a. A long stretch in the team either, but that do you know what that I wouldn't that diminishes his status as a player because sometimes it would, but because you were such a good starting eleven, Classic, you just couldn't get yeah. in. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. get in. You couldn't get here. As you said, the yeah. there time with yeah. the the B team you had back then, Jesus. tops, yeah, Jesus, yeah. top top quality. Yeah, so in nineteen ninety four, you departed from the club. You failed to agree new terms with Ray Tracy. Uh, was it bad terms that you left on? Yeah, I wasn't happy the way uh, the whole thing was handled. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, it's, I never took it personally. It was the way football is, and uh, and what was it? Reduced terms, or they, 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 it was made clear he didn't want me to stay. Yeah. Yeah, it was made clear that he didn't want me to stay. I got a. So this is a league winning. How many how many games did you play in that team? That one. No, I've probably played all the part. Maybe one two. And you and then you were told the you weren't wanted. Yeah. The captain of the league winning team. Yeah. But you were told fair, you weren't wanted. How old were you at the time? Oh jeez. You tell me. I was only in my thirties, early twenties. But like, I was still I was still had another couple of seasons left there. But was it a, it wasn't personal? Well, I don't want to go down that road. But like I, I didn't take it personal. I, I he 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 fancied someone else, uh centre half and uh I didn't. Peter, would it be fair to say that the home farm thing, if you want to put it that way, never really left Ray. As in, he was always, as a man, he was happier dealing with younger players. He didn't ever have a great relationship with, like, as I mentioned, Dave Connell. You know, he didn't have a older senior players. He never, he never seemed to quite get on with them in the way that some other managers might see the way Turlock O'Connor would. Yeah, probably courted. Yeah, he probably, Turlock would court the players. Turlock, I've worked with Turlock as well. Turlock would be great. 
man-to-man-stuff as well. I don't know about Ray. I don't know. He, he talked to a lot of lads. That would be yeah, more of a fans, a fans yeah, observe. That's, a, but that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Just looking from fans from slightly at the outside and slightly from the edge, you know, around it. It's, it's, you would have seen... Yeah, uh, see, the whole spine went there. Didn't it? Yeah. If I remember, Stephen went. Yeah. Mm. But Stephen was being touted to go. So we went to Stephen. Yeah. And I says, you know, what's going on? And he yeah. says, well, they've come out with a lot of money. Yeah. So he says, Ray spoke to you. Like, you know, was the club spoke to you. He says, no. Says, so nobody spoke to him. Surely, surely they, they do know. Yeah. And he says, well, I don't know. Well, there was another problem. So his head was torn by... His head was torn by... Yeah, his head was torn by a, a big contract. But uh, if you watch the... I have it on videotape somewhere. If you watch the sports stadium story from the week after we won the league... It's all Ray Tracy and John McNamara, the chairman of the time, talking about how we won it on such a small budget, and we won it bringing in players from you know mm. young players and and I remember watching that and think and the 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 Bernard Gagan thing was just kind of being mooted at that stage and thinking, you know, if you were st- if Stephen Gagan's wife is sitting there watching this, or Alan Burns' wife, and there she's thinking. You know, if these guys aren't paying, why doesn't he move to a club that is paying? Yeah, yeah. and they're and as That's I, yeah, it's a fact. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like at the end of the day, go back to the, the since the start chances being being a professional footballer. Sometimes you have to look after yourself. So if a guy is actually giving you. What let's mean? be honest. There's not a lot of players in the league of Ireland that would. I don't know. Let's give mm-hmm. an example. Let's say someone playing for Sligo, right, and he gets offered a, a contract yeah. at Dundalk, an extra three hundred quid a week. He's probably gonna take it, yeah. even if he could be set up well in Sligo. You know the hometown club. Yeah. A lot of them are gonna take but it. But even actually, if you you say hometown club, there's I can think of two of the best players to come, or three of the best players to come out of Sligo in the last twenty years, which is Alan Cawley, mm-hmm. Martin, who used to play, Kieran Martin, he used to play for Derry, yeah. and uh, Rossiter, who used to play for Balls. Yeah, and I remember think, him. I remember him against have, uh, Red yeah. Bull. Yeah, Red, Red Bull. Bull. They, they have next to no games for Sligo Rovers between the three of them. Yeah, you know what I mean because it didn't suit their career, or they went yeah. to UCD and they went somewhere else, or all of this. So fellas have to look after themselves. Yeah. I mean the one thing I, I this info I remember at the time of Bernard Gagan leaving was that I remember with myself and the Oflo were going into an end of season friendly down in the Ivy Grounds in Crumlin. Remember, yeah. And uh, McNamara was talking about, talking to Dad Walker in, and he said he felt that letting Byrne and Gagan go was very, this is a direct quote, very good business sense. And as I, I the thing I was come back to that was, the reason he thought that was, he'd sold Doolan to Shells the previous year and got, I think, 20-odd grand from. Uh, the previous year... As well, Shells had splashed the money out on Barry O'Connor and Vinnie Arkins, who both played for Rovers a few years before. I hadn't had been good, but not great. And that was, I think, forty grand Irish in the early nineties, which is a lot of money to be yeah. working in the early nineties. He was twenty-eight for Vinnie, and they used to go to tribunals, and it was twenty-eight for Vinnie and twelve for Barry O'Connor. So I think McNamara was thinking that he'd get fifty or sixty grand for. The lads. The lads. Be a tribunal, like. Yeah, get a get a big hole in Ollie's pocket and he'd go and sign other players. Now, as it turns out, the, the other players, we, I think he only got about 30 grand and the other players we signed just didn't, none yeah. of them worked out. None of them worked out. Yeah. But he yeah. should have kept a team, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I just don't understand how you could dismantle a league when a team. Yeah. But it happened so quickly. You got the top goal scorer, Gagan. You got a player of the year, Byrne. got a captain, Peter Eccles. All gone within a few months. Yeah. I'd love like, to know, like, have, have you got any stories for the inner workings of that as regards to when were you talking to players who left and you're thinking right there's a mass exodus here why is this happening 
Oh yeah. Yeah, but like what I was the, I, what, I went to Ray and I said, Look, you gotta stop Gago from going, you gotta to talk to him and he says yeah. no, he says he's had to be enough for the Money that There's nothing you can do about that type of thing. He's exactly that. And then I didn't realise Alan had been uh, tapped as well. Mm. And then I, I asked Alan and Alan just pawed it off. He says, they're all at me, so mm. I said, fine. But I think there should have been more done to hold that team. Four players into that team, he would have won the league the following season. Yeah. And that would have made up for all the, mm. the quick cash that he would have got. They would have made up for it, you know. And at one point, actually, Ollie offered Gago back because Gago didn't work out. Gago was a Shells legend, but Gago didn't work out that first season. And there used to be a rule in the old pre-Bosman days. And the rule's probably still there, it's just never tested. But you used to have to stay, was it 200 days at your new club? Oh, I didn't hear that. And there was some rule like that. And Gago, so Gago would have signed right <laughs> so in the last... The, the, the week after the previous season finished, Gago would have been a Shells player registered at Shells. And as when the two and he had, I think he'd only scored two or three goals for Shells at that stage. And the following February or March, around a very tight time window now, because there would have been a transfer deadline around February, yeah. and it would have been the earliest he could have left. And Gago uh, was offered back to Rovers by Ollie, and McNamara said no. Really? <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> didn't know that. He got as a player playing the team. They didn't even know. It. Didn't know that at all. And Gago's my cousin, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get him on here, Gago. Yeah, this was yeah. sturdy. Yeah. <laughs> He was great, wasn't he? That's oh, he's brilliant. And, and oh, do you know what? There's actually footage of him on YouTube, and I think every one of his goals is on it. Hmm. And I tell you what, he was a fox in the box. I would have been six at the time he was scoring those goals, but uh, Gago, strong, just super, strong, super fast, finisher, wasn't he? Strong, but also, 92 93 could have got a lot of We watched that on the way back from Finn Hart. 92 93 could have got a lot of gear. Only Gago pulled a few goals out of the hat towards the end of that yeah. season. There was a video player on the way back from a game before, I think it was Finn Hart, years ago, and we stuck a video in the, in, in, on the TV, big box, big washing machine at the front of the, of the bus, and we were watching Gago in the 94 season <laughs> score goals. Um, yeah, I but must try and dig that interview out please get, get someone to stick that on YouTube yeah, the, crack, yeah. the sports stadium because it has the review and, right, you, yeah. and you can it's like a study and oh my god this, this is where it's all going wrong <laughs> yeah yeah watch it unfold mm-hmm. so to only your 12 year stint at the club Rovers fans organised a testimonial night in November 1994 so um, still remember much about that great night yeah, yeah. great night a few points singing, had plenty of singing plenty of, it was great crack but it was great to get all, everybody around as well like when you say it's a short time, 12 years, it's a long time. To a football. long, long time, it's it is. To remain at one club yeah. and it doesn't happen anymore. There's no Darrow's anymore. There's there's, there's nobody. I mean, who's the longest serving player at the moment in the League of Ireland? It's possibly John Mountney, is it? Yeah, John Mountney at, at, at Dundalk. And Shields, they and Shields I think they're there maybe six yeah. or seven years. And it's not that long, so... No, um, it's it's no it's it's the bit of that's gone. Yeah, but that's the modern day game. I suppose yeah. it's it's moving on. Yeah. People are moving around as well. But that I, was that was a great night. Yeah, actually, Mark McNulty, he's been at Cork since two thousand three. Yeah, quite a long yeah. time. He been there as well. But um, Doherty before that, Doherty left last Doherty year. Doherty would yeah. have left Derry. Yeah. So with Mark Lynch, he said the Daisy Cutter at the RDS that Pedro scored. My word, Mark's possibly talking about the twenty-five yard volley against Galway in November '93. Yeah, was that your best goal? One of my best goals, but one of my, enjoy that. And how Daisy Curry, you like that one? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds well, anyway. Sounds good. And uh, Mark also has a memory of you upstairs and JJ Smith on crutches with Butler for company. It was the Christmas drinks or your oh. fans run testimonials? Yes, that was some session. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> my name was a bit, and I had to go up the stairs. I think a few lads carried me up. Yeah. Just carried back out. Again. A few willing customers <laughs> carried back out as well. Good old, do you remember Butler? Bald fella. 
Willie Foley. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I remember him well, yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. Willie Foley. Harry Butler, if you tune into yes. this. Yes, Butler's still going. We saw him in Daily Mail there maybe a season or two ago. He made a cameo there. appearance. It was good to see him. Um, but we'll talk about your signing for Crusaders after being let go by Rovers. And you suffered a broken leg in your debut against Cliftonville in the Ulster Cup and kept you out for the whole season. So, uh, how, how was that? Was oh, it was a horrific uh, injury to me, for me anyway. Uh, mm. That was pretty silly challenge it wasn't even a challenge I was closing someone down I was closing centre forward down he turned and smacked the ball hit me in the head and whatever way my feet went my whole legs gone slammed tib fib came up and my toe hit me uh, your toe hit your knee hit me knee you no. messing yeah it was an knee vomit no, 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 he didn't. It's Peter Records well, we're talking about here. Yeah, I was actually there. There was people coming over, and some people got sick. And someone said to me then, afterwards, said, Peter, I broke your leg. And I says, Takes all there. But I remember the, the doctor there, and uh, he, I think the, the doctor's up there, mandatory as well. There always has to be a doctor at the game. I think it's down here now. Yeah. Ah, yeah, super doc. Yeah, that was a bit awkward. But he was there and he, he gave me, I think it was 600 mil or whatever it was. And I remember the, the, the ambulance guys came to collect me and he says, what did he get? He said, he got 600 mil. He says, give him another six. <laughs> <laughs> I give him something in the pocket as well. to lift this man up. He says, this is yeah. a bad injury. So oh. in fairness, like, that was the end of, even though I played, I limped the games. I limped the games and I didn't play. Yeah. I got out and out. Was that the beginning of the end, yeah? That was the end, really. Yeah, it was a bad injury. You know? Force games. Silly, bloody challenge, you know. And 14 months out, you signed for Home Farm 95, short spell at Long, and then you returned to the Hoops for the third spell. Well, tell us about your... your, your uh, who, who contacted you about coming back to the Hoops for your third spell? It was Pat, actually. It was Pat. Pat Bourne. Yeah? Yeah, got me in, and then... Uh, O'Neill Everson, were they managers? No, no. During the time... I think it was yeah. Pat wasn't it Pat yeah Pat was, Pat was, Pat was yeah. CEO as well and then yeah, I think Pat he ended was, up taking yeah. the lads out from under him if you know yeah Pat no Pat was doing all the uh, negotiations they lasted one game into the season then Pat Byrne took over mm. is that what it was yeah, yeah. yeah. but anyway Pat yeah. was doing it so it just didn't it wasn't happening so uh, I, I, I was actually looking up this and I couldn't remember your comeback I could remember I, could, I think you came did you come on for Home Farm Everton against us in Tolka and there was a big kind of cheer from the... No, I played from the start. You played from the start? Yeah. Uh, I came... Where did I come on? I don't know who it was. No, I played from the start. Even in Tolkien? Yeah, but the lads were all cheering me on, in fairness. Like, yeah, you know. I know, because I can remember being in town afterwards with uh, James... A few people you've had on the podcast recently. <laughs> it was James Nolan, uh, Chef Ray Whelan, and I think the Red Big Dyer. shout out to Chef and Ray. And I remember we raised a glass, and somebody, I think it was James, goes... Fair play to Peter. He finally shoved it up Tracy's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to get back as well, but like, it didn't work out. Yeah. It just didn't work out. Yeah. So, the only out. thing is that that probably, you know, it could hardly have been worse than our defence that, you know, even on one leg before you came back, that <laughs> sense of year was, that was struggling. Yeah, they were struggling. Yeah. I was the manager. Yeah, they were struggling the back. I went to... No, I came on as a uh, Rovers player. Oh, you came on. That, came that was on. the night. That was the night you and came on. I got off again. Got injured. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that must have been. That must have been the night for the, yeah, the, the, the cheers. Came yeah, came on as a, a hoops player and yeah. then I went back off. Yeah. I got injured then. Yeah, I think done me groin in or something. But you finished your career at uh, home farm. Uh, fame Moby Road was it? Yeah. Famous no, ground. No, not Moby. Uh, Weehaw. Weehaw. Yeah. And uh, did you ever think about getting into coaching? 
Never. No. No, I don't extend the soccer. And the, actually, the big layoff in my leg being broken at the time uh, sort of it went a bit stale for me uh, with the soccer. You know, just went a little bit stale and just and went off the do ball. You, um, do you still watch football? As, like, do you yeah, still go to the Rovers games. Yeah. yeah still going? Young lad, mad Rovers uh, supporters. So yeah. He has me over every day. We're, we're going next week actually against the Dockers. Yeah, oh. massive biggest game in yeah. years to be honest. Years, yeah. So, so we still go. I still go. Not all the time. I still go. Mm. Lovely. That's great to hear. So tell me, um, we we have a question from Kieran Glennon. He says, "Ask Tommy where he gets off using words like prosopography." Well, the thing is, whenever you're if you're ever also prosopography, prosopography. Yeah. The thing is, if you're ever writing an academic article. Always try and confuse people in the first paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, the fuckers start asking you difficult questions. <laughs> so, lash out that one and like, well, he must know his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not asking him anything. Yeah. We Dara Donovan said, What's Pedro's true feelings towards Alan Kane? These are all fans' questions. Alan Kane, mm. the goalkeeper. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Alan Kane. That I think is that. Or, did you have a row with him in the, the infamous Leinster Senior Cup de- final defeat in Tulka? Was that it? Where he dropped, he came for the ball and he tried to come through you and he's about two foot too short for that and he dropped the ball and they scored. I mean, was it, I think Fenland scored a header which is the invention oh, itself. Yeah. No, I can't remember Alan was that Was that you, the centre yeah, half? Yeah, I can remember can't him doing remember that, that now. I can't remember Alan Kane. No, I no really big grow again. Yeah. Like again, I, 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 I top brownies with a lot of players. But yeah. Nothing personal for you you've got to do your business, and if I'm not doing it, someone's going to have a go with me, and not going to end up and say, "Yeah." Sorry. I think I think that was one thing. I think Ray aired there a bit because we had uh, your man Kavanagh, who we got off UCD as goalkeeper for a while. Paul Kavanagh. Yeah, yeah. And, and poor old Paul Kavanagh, he was just a goalie at the wrong time, because what happened was the back pass rule came in, oh, and he couldn't. The guy's feet were awful. <laughs> right, they were absolutely yeah. awful, and God, like, and so he, he, like, if you're, if you were to rate him out of ten as a player, I think the back pass rule would have knocked two, two and a half off. <laughs> he was a great keeper. Though. He was a great keeper. He was a great keeper. And then, then Ray decided to replace him with Alan Kane, who had great feet but shit hands. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you need hands to be a keeper, don't you? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Justin Mason has two words for you, Tommy. Uh, Trevor Crowley. Yeah, we're not going into this again. I mean, just a terrible appointment. Even when I hear him interviewed... It I don't know if it was a terrible appointment at the time because he was the best, regarded as the best coach in the country. Yeah, but he wasn't what Rob And it was needed. a chance, it was a chance that they took, you can understand, but you could see that he probably impressed in the interview and they probably said, well, he's the best coach in the country. Anyway. Very highly regarded Anyone would have been better though. I just think he just... The, one, of the, ball. one of the best interview. one of the few internet threads that really stand the test of time was if somebody saves the one on the old Rovers forum from when he was appointed because you've got one pe- one person after another including myself actually trying to be really positive about it and uh, then I've read that years later yeah and he just uh, he just didn't the real thing with Trevor was the the one all draws every week after <laughs> after actually that infamous Linfield game is I think we'd something like six one all draws and included by the way but actually we there was a there was a Satanta Cup two-legged All-Ireland Cup match against Cork mm. and 
so we played them in that, and we think we two draws in ninety minutes against them as well, which were one all or nil all or two. He just didn't like the spotlight either, as well. Yeah. He was he wasn't versed when it came to the media and things like that. And he put his foot in it quite a few times. Science of soccer, yeah. the science of soccer. Like oh, he transferred uh, Kilduff to Cork, like, and then Cork we couldn't score, and Cork's banging them in for uh, Kilduff's banging them for Cork. And his interview, I knew he'd score goals. Yeah, <laughs> and then there was a certain rather large. Uh, yeah centre half who ran like a T-Rex he had his arms like this every so often and he was accused of being there was, a, there was an effigy you could say by Al McNulty in the very first derby and Rovers held up and it involved a buckle I won't say anymore but he said that uh, literally fell asleep one time listening to his pre-match spreadsheets and looking at what was going on and he said I literally fell asleep he said they were horrendous so yeah. that's what you're what you're talking about and well, also it, the, the lads should have when, when we lost that game at Sligo in Tala which meant couldn't qualify for Europe remember the last game if we'd beaten Sligo we actually would have pulled the fat out of the fire would have required Sligo to win the cup the following week which they did and would have qualified for Europe once that European thing that the lads should have just chopped then rather than wasting half the mm. following season uh, Dan Fulham he said how windy can Bray be when it's cold do you want to take this from Tommy uh, you've got thoughts on this <laughs> I've tossed, but I don't know how windy is Bray. You know, windier than Shawnee O'Connor. That's yeah, that's <laughs> fucking windy. That's, windy, that's yeah. very windy. Um, Questions keep coming for Tommy here. Leighton Doyle posted a picture of a silver-haired Brand- Marilyn Brando and said, ask Tommy, what's it like being Superman's dad? I keep getting <laughs> recognised in the street. That's why I had to cut the hair off. <laughs> like Samson. Yeah. You're fucked now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, an undercover, uh, I'm, I'm undercover for the kryptonites. Yeah. <laughs> and with Ray Whelan, Chef Ray, who was my liaison officer in Prague when my bag and passport was on its way to fucking munch and glad back. Do you remember that? I was, do you know what happened, right? We were in Malada, Boleslav, fucking great game, great trip, the whole lot. And I got off a bus that dropped us. Dan Fulham organised a bus that dropped us to the stadium, right? right. I left my bag and my passport on thinking, grand, that's no problem. And the first bus full of soup got off the, out of the stadium. The first bus I saw, I go, that's our bus. So I got on that and I'm sitting there thinking, Jesus, this is great. And then I thought, hold on a sec, this isn't our fucking bus. This is the other one. So I'm saying, to, I'm, I'm looking around, Buzz O'Neill was there. I'm looking around going, where the fuck is my bag and my passport? It's on some bus on the way to Germany. But somehow Ray Whelan managed to get a hold of it. I don't know how he did it. But uh, the, the one thing that helped us was Maloney and Noli O'Brien had gone missing in the home bar yeah. and they were drinking whiskey with the ultras from Milana Boleslav and that gave me about an extra 20 minutes for Ray to locate my bag and passport that was on its way to Germany and they were just in, in the booze like we were waiting for because they're, they're on our flight yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah gas gas that was a great trip but um, we'll move on to Ray Whelan yeah back to Ray he said did Peter abstain from a light ale or two when on holidays in order to avoid the rat of the rover's faithful now this is something that's been <laughs> Uh, it's been in the it's been in the oh, this, this <laughs> Rovers have had the week off right and a couple of players break. were on the piss on their holidays and some fans took yeah. the lads are posting on Instagram with, okay. with like it's it's like the lad you know he's fell in his moth in Dubai having a pint having a pint right and so people, some fans took Dund- umbrage with that Dundalk are on a uh, training camp in Spain at the same time people take umbrage but people are forgetting that Dundalk's game was called off because of all the because they were playing Waterford and Waterford had players in the two long tournaments. So, so Dundalk right. actually had their week off the week before, but this is of no interest. So Ray is taking the piss pretty much saying, did you ever have an old drink when you had your week off from Rovers, taking the piss out of the fans that 
are taking the piss out of players who are having an L drink, and I'm sure you did have an L ale or two for a week. Peter was famous once for buying every Rovers fan on the train home from Sligo a drink. Is that true? Yeah. I'd, I'd like to. Uh, yeah. Can you elaborate on that one? Is that, is that the right? He bought the bar? Bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, it was, I mean, in the... Uh, it was actually mentioned in the club programme, I think. Yeah, the big, yeah. big, uh, the big man who used to always be a sandwich. Big, big deck. No, not big deck. Oh, uh, uh, Eamon Siri. Eamon. Eamon was there. Eamon yeah. was sculling the thing. Yeah. Eamon was super. Sandwich. Happy relations, Steve? No, no, I don't think so. I think Eamon, listen to you, it was Sanders. Uh, Eamon was a rover down through and through. But Eamon was on that time. Yeah. The fun with Eamon as well. Yeah. Great Me call from... Was, sorry. Great call from Ray during the week. He said, my favourite, we lost, so I'm going to moan about something, is when it's about the fitness coach sitting on the bench and the height of the goalkeeping coach. <laughs> they're the yeah. biggest topics when we lose yeah they suddenly come to the fore again they're, it's like they're just cherry picking things now it's like, like the goalkeeping coach is small yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's a problem <laughs> that's a problem Darren Dillon's on the bench he do, oh, I'm not even going to go into that they, there's a fitness yeah, the fitness coach Rovers, and he, somebody said we're we're, we're we're not what was it we're not winning games because the fitness coach is too loud on the bench he thinks, yeah. he's, thinks he's Pep Guardiola but that, isn't that not a, is that not a tactic now with a lot of clubs it, it, it's, it's similar to the way Dundalk influenced the refs and they all go around the ref is what you do is you leave your manager the the, 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 the ref the fourth official is kind of look, oh, are always harassing the managers in the League of Ireland so you yeah. leave, leave your manager I'd there I'd gladly have that to harass the fourth stay, official yeah stay, stay, you have your manager sitting out staying quiet you get everyone sitting on the bench behind him to mount off at the lino and the yeah. and the ref and everything because because it's very hard for the ref to come over and go pick out, out the, the six lads yeah, shouting yeah. who was going on whereas if, if the, the, the manager standing out in the front so he can go over and he can book and we do have a stacked manager. bench in fairness yeah. actually you see the new rules staff are now tr- going to be treated the same as players the yellow and red cards so Darren Dillon's already got two reds so yeah. it's alright yeah. so that's obviously a sign the refs are copping on to the, the yeah. clubs yeah. doing that yeah. so Peter we're going to ask you the best player you played with and against now this some people can get confused with this because it can be one individual performance like the likes of uh, the Terry the Hanved guy, the Hanved guy. Yeah. it could be over the course of a couple of years who you genuinely thought was one of the best players you ever played against so top of your head best player you played with and best player you played against Probably wit. Overall, lonely career yeah. would be McAllister, Gary McAllister, I suppose. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was super he player. tops, was he? Yeah, he was super player. League of Ireland. Pat wasn't far behind him. Yeah. Pat was a super player. Uh, yeah, Pat would be. Pat and would be what about player. against? Playing against, there's two really. Uh, Brendan Bradley, you wouldn't remember Brendan Bradley. Brendan top goal scorer of all time, wasn't he? He was just phenomenal. Yeah, I know he went down. Tell me what type of player he was, though. <laughs> For, for fans who wouldn't you know, I'd have no idea. Mo Johnston, again, probably before your time, Mo Johnston as well. Good player. Yeah, but they, they never wanted uh, to compete with you. Uh, yeah. Switch, like, they didn't want the physical stuff, but they'd go running behind you, off your yeah. shoulder. And when they, when they started to build up, they're gone. So there was no battles, it was him trying to evade you. And that you was, that was coming from 18, when I got onto the team, I think it was 18, 19, everything was physical. So you had your centre forward, so your centre, you and the centre forward were actually challenging and everything was fair up and up for grabs. The ball was up for grabs, he was up for grabs, but Brendan Bradley, <laughs> he was up for grabs. Brendan Bradley just disappeared. Yeah. Where he was. He was brilliant to play. So he scored so many goals. Against, he was phenomenal. But then Liam Coyle from Derry was... Yeah, a few times that's been mentioned as well, he's hasn't been, it? He's been a player. He's, he's a top. Yeah. While we're on, the, while we're on the, the topic of this, toughest player that you ever played, a hard man. 
toughest player played against him once through 20 minutes was Alan McNally who played for Celtic yeah like in the wall yeah it's like running into a wall he was just he was just a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just a tough big I think 6 foot 2 as well same but he was on he does team. TV now doesn't he he does TV he's, he's big even then he seemed he seemed he, he seemed to in these, these kind of interviews where two lads are sitting on a, on a chair and he looks big even then. yeah he was awesome he was just he ripped my boo he played against us over in uh, Parkhead and he ripped me boo from side to side yeah man, split my right up at least your tall was down there and not up for you and uh, this one uh, always, you could give yourself a minute for this one the funniest moment in football have you anything any funny moment you can think of on the field off the field and that pops into your head Jesus that's, that's a tough one isn't it so many yeah Jesus you hear it all day funniest no there's so many yeah like, there's, there's just so many that's but when we first asked what popped into your head straight away say if, if one did well funniest for me would be uh, getting booked when I was uh, screaming coming off the pitch pretending that my leg was broken yeah. <laughs> and the referee actually tipped me in the shower at Paddy Daly saying uh, you've got a red card mm-hmm. and I was hoping to come on because I said to Danny if he takes me off he's not going to give me a red card so well, you, was, you were hoping to get off the pitch yeah, before he could book you he booked me and then let me back on mm-hmm. but there's loads there's yeah. loads I could go on for and uh, Regrets, biggest regret in football. Regrets, anything. Probably could have applied myself a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Probably could have applied myself a little bit more. Like, well, like Chef Ray said, said, you enjoyed an L, light ale. Is that right? Yeah. Probably the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably the wrong time. On holidays. On holidays. Would there be cans in the back of the, the bus yeah, on the way it, home? No, there, yeah, there would be back, yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah ninety four season there would have been, yeah, wouldn't there? Because be, yeah, yeah, Daryl yeah. Tracy, Tony O'Dell, had Mark Kenny, they were all telling us about the cans in the back of the bus. Yeah, and that back, was probably yeah. more. They were saying sometimes that's what you'd be thinking about more: the balls and the bibs, and you'd be slapping, oh. and putting the slabs in the back of the bus. Yeah, be mad into it but like they'd be always a, a nail or two I, not, not that it's just that it, it's my own uh, sort of demeanour I wasn't uh, a go-getter as yeah. sometimes I was I was quite happy in being around and Shamrock Rovers at the time and that to me was better to be uh, to be playing away in England mm. you know so the lack of ambition I don't know but just a little bit I could have applied myself a little bit more the mm. gap in money wouldn't have been as big then you know whereas you know like in, England, in those days Three years in England wouldn't make you for life, whereas no, now no. it would. No, yeah. no, no. And I remember my friend Liam O'Brien went across the team, and then he says he's playing United, and he wasn't on a great deal. Yeah, not on a great wedge. No. Yeah, there's only when he went to Newcastle, he started. He made money then as well, you mm. know. So I think Liam played against us for Man United in that friendly you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I think did he play against us that time? Did he? Because Man United had a few Irishmen at the time. They had he like he scored in the first side. one. The first win, he scored a free kick. Yeah. That was what made made the transfer. I think that's what made it for transfer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Joe Hammond. Oh, sorry, he didn't score. Joe Hammond did played against us. He didn't score the free kick. Sorry, the free kick was was spilled by was it Bailey in goals for United. Yeah, and uh, somebody was it was Mick Bourne. I think it was Mick Bourne. Yeah, or else was the fellow from Walford who who guessed it, who scored, Bennett. tapped it in. Yeah, Bennett. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you've you've taken in a couple of games. Past season or two, so who who impresses you? After all, I was saying, I like Carr. Yeah, yeah, he's my type of player. Yeah, he stormed onto the scene last season. Yeah, he he hasn't sort of. Yeah, but to me, I like Carr. Yeah, he'd be one of my standout players now. And uh, 
SRFC fans want to know uh, how you think we'll get on in Europe this season, considering all the factors that we mentioned earlier on with Brand and the they've uh, they've now in fairness, I, can you judge a team by how many internationals they have? Sligo had Sander Puri. He's got eighty caps for Estonia. <laughs> they they've a lot with seventy caps for Estonia. They've I think they've got an Ivory Coast international. They have there's one fella Haugesund, and there's another guy with forty caps for Norway. They're the ones you possibly could have to look out for. So how do you reckon we'll fare? You're going with the unknown, really. Yeah. You know, who, who knows what they're going to be like? You know. Do you reckon it's fifty fifty? Oh yeah. You think so? Yeah, no, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't be uh, that far ahead of us if they are ahead of us. But like, to be fair. You don't know what you're getting. I wonder what you think, Peter. About I, I think anyway that postponing the matches is a way to go, provided you don't you know go too far. Because I think last year there was a ropey enough performance at home to AIK. Yeah. Rovers had the week off to before the next game. AIK had to go to Stockholm and then had to get a six-hour bus journey up to the north of Sweden yeah, and back yeah, to play yeah. a game. And we had a storm over in Stockholm. So I wonder what you would think. Would you think play the matches or would you like it postponed? Yeah, I'd play the games. Yeah. yeah. Keeps you the ring rust keep the ring rust away, you know. Yeah. But it's just playing all the time, not just travelling and all that. But I just don't buy into it. The, the, you're there yeah. and you're being well looked after. Do you think there's too much made of that? Of, Me actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, should we played a tournament over in uh, Spain and Portugal? Was Alan O'Neill on this one? Alan O'Neill. Was this the one where you went away with 27 tickets and there's 28 years? We played against Santander. Uh, Atletico Madrid in Spain. Wow. Atletico beat us 85? Yeah, around the time. Yeah. Atletico beat us 2 0. I think, I think Cody was signed with us. Cody yeah, was John, yeah. I think Cody was happy with that. Then we went over to Benfica and uh, 3 0 all and beat Sporting Lisbon 1 0. Like, some sort. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, it's uh, crazy. Like, if this had been today, to be raving about Yeah, they would do. Do you remember UCD beat Villarreal 4 3 in the ball? Yeah. yeah. And I think there was a couple of cracking players on that team. I'm really sure. Four three definitely bet Villarreal or possibly Villarreal, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, so we have this thing, right? It's called a list of hatred, right? It's things that we hate about football. Like there's a pub on it in Iceland. There's a pub that uh, reneged on a deal. We sorted a deal with the drunken rabbit. The drunken rabbit was drunken rabbit, yeah. the drunken rabbit sorted out was sorted us out with a deal, and then when we went in, they decided not to to honour that oh, deal. Yeah, okay. So they're on the list of hatred. We Worst went straight decision. down to the Dubliner after, and they looked after us. Worst decision since Brexit. Uh, there, there, yeah, said. yeah. There can be anything on it. For instance, like uh, uh, what did Derek, uh, Derek Tracy put a certain manager on it, and then and, and took him back. But uh, you can put anything you hate about football in general about uh, something that the, the top of your head you think I hate that about football, and that's what that's what goes on the list of hatred. So like uh, who who's on like today the the balls goalkeeper got put on it for his comments most recently. Okay. So s- something like that. For no, the, the thing that would pick, well cheese me off about the whole thing would be lack of work rate. Lack of work rate. Yeah. yeah. Just just uh, I can't get that. Yeah. I just can't get it. Like Pogba would be. Yeah. Right. Oh, I wouldn't have so you'd see somebody kind of like a I, I'd find that cheating and that to me is the cardinal sin in soccer. Now, yeah. when they talk about soccer, that's my biggest pet hey. Someone not putting one hundred percent in behind what they should be doing. So lack of work rate, I like that. Lack of work rate, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. something that's uh, you mean things like tracking back and or just yeah. general work rate? Everything. So yeah. it comes in the, the whole thing would come under the whole thing of yeah. lack of work. Like Pogba from you just mentioned Pogba, he wouldn't He's 15 minutes, he's on the ball, whatever it does, he's gone missing then. 
trots around, trots yeah, around. tips around. Yeah, I don't know singing him out, but like lack of walk rate is. Yeah. So the lack of walk rate is officially on the list is of it? hatred. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna put it on. We got Tommy's one now. Yeah, Tommy's one. Tommy's been more uh, colourful. Yeah. <laughs> probably have a list. Probably have a quote. He probably has a few things. That's his, his notes there. Yeah, with his yeah, everything grinds my gears. He did that. So as well. we're gonna. Uh, we're getting your. We're getting your list of hatred now, Tommy. So we're gonna go for the list of hatred. Lack of work rate just got put on the 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 list of hatred. It's a new one. We haven't had it before, and it's a wordy wordy entry in my opinion. Because you probably, you probably had one before, did Tommy? You're here for the end of season special. I can't remember what you put on, but could, could have been political. <laughs> I think he's a bit of a fan of followers. He didn't seem to like me <laughs> no, giving no, that grief no, earlier on. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, who will I put on the list of hatred? Anything. 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 Be, it can be absolutely. Hang. What's growing your gears? Well, I, what I mentioned earlier, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put the air sport panel on the list of hatred. So who have we got? For, for it was the last one was nutsy. Johnny McDonald and soaps as they soaps. call them. And, sorry, just to say, Con Murphy's a commentator. Con, you're excused. So you're <laughs> not on the list of hatred. But the rest of the air sport crew are going on the list of hatred for for nonsense like Rovers, the architects of their own down, misfortune again. When the referees have been riding us all season <laughs> and then uh, stuff like in and general like uh, claiming that. Green getting nearly pushed into the into under a Green was, nearly ended up in the, under a bus the, the frozen, on the main road. No, the frozen island <laughs> in Tesco. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nearly Green nearly got pushed into Tesco's, <laughs> and they go, oh, not for me. No, not enough there for penalty. So the air sport, <laughs> the air sport crew minus Con Murphy are going on the list. And of might, I, might I add, right? <laughs> let me give a big shout out to Con Murphy for being a fantastic <laughs> commentator. Did you hear his commentary? Yeah. His, his, his commentation? Yeah. You're the, you're the uh, professor. <laughs> but uh, Colin's a big Rovers man, man, yeah. And I tell you what, his his commentary was fantastic. He he stayed professional throughout the whole thing. You wouldn't know. Brilliant. You wouldn't know. You really wouldn't. So big shout out to him. And he's also putting a list of hatred for it as well. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it to Con, yeah, Con's, the, Con's being neutral. And then all the other people, most of whom don't even support balls, are kind of being, letting their anti-rovers stuff go run riot. Ah, they're, having, they're having a great, they're having a great hold. But uh, yeah, so that is it for uh, this week. We have... Uh, Extremely grateful for Peter coming in. Peter, thanks very much. You've been Thank fantastic. And we've Tommy as you, as colourful as usual. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that is it. Next up, we have, I hate to say it, the must win game against Dundalk in Tallah Stadium. We will see you in the south stand, possibly for a point beforehand in 1899. Same crack as usual. So that is it for this week. And thanks very much. And keep on hooping. See you. Take care.